Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You have any freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome on in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Clip Rock with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, you can find us on 1250 930 online, pr927fm.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can be a part of today's show. We do have a lot of guests coming up. But what do you want to discuss on this Wednesday? Let us know, like, subscribe, be a part of the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube on this uh, overcast, dreary day in Greenville, North Carolina. Shirley Rhodes is here. The Chan Man, Chandler Honeycutt here as well. And a lot of guests will join us on the program, including the voice Jeff Charles coming up at 3 30 we'll recap what went down last night in Minji's coliseum we'll talk some pirate football and more with the voice at 3 30 at four o'clock we'll get you ready for friday night's basketball game talk to our old buddy chris haymeyer voice of the campbell fighting camels get a scouting report on those guys and uh see what's been going on in the world of haymeyer there was a uh maybe one projection that had ECU taking on his uh, alma mater, Missouri. Don't know if that's a possibility, but uh, could happen. Talk to Chris uh, about some hoops, some football, and more. Patrick Mason joins us at 4.30 from the Daily Reflector. Stephen Igo, hoistthecolors.net. A lot to talk about with Igo when it comes to bowl projections, transfer portal projections, and uh, a whole lot more. Uh, we do have some news coming out uh, in the last hour regarding East Carolina and the transfer portal, and that is uh, the Pirates are going to be down a quarterback next year. We projected this, that one of the remaining quarterbacks on ECU's roster who was eligible to return next year was probably not going to be returning. We didn't have a name for you. We just said odds are that would be the case. And today we learned that Ryan Stubblefield will be entering the transfer portal and not returning to East Carolina. So uh, Stubby looking for a place where he can go out and play. Didn't uh, have that opportunity here at East Carolina and didn't see that opportunity ever arising here at East Carolina. So he will uh, take his talents elsewhere and no longer be a part of the ECU football program. So that leaves right now what alex flynn and of course mason garcia in the stable uh at east carolina when it comes to quarterbacks and so uh now you you just think are they going to themselves go into the transfer portal bring in a guy uh you're gonna have recruits as well we'll talk about what the quarterback spot looks like from a recruiting standpoint with Igo when he joins us at five o'clock but uh, you're going to have to replenish those numbers with Holt Nailers and now Ryan Stubblefield leaving. Chandler Honeycutt, your thoughts, and welcome to the show. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for welcoming me to the show. It's great to be here. 
But, yeah, I, when I saw the news earlier just about an hour or so ago about Stubby, you know, stepping away from East Carolina and trying his career elsewhere, it, it, it took me back. I mean, it's a trend now for the past few years. I guess you could start with Kingsley Effetti, who was, you know, down the depth chart at the quarterback position for ECU, who ended up going to transferring to, I believe, A&T. You think about Walter Simmons, a guy that you thought maybe would make his way up the ranks in the quarterback position room. Uh, he ends up transferring to – I can't remember what, what school he ended up going to, but now Stubby is – uh, Ryan Stubblefield is a part of that, that crew of quarterbacks in the past few years who just haven't been able to find a, a, a stepping stone in, in that quarterback room. And, I mean, with, with the transfer portal of college – those days of the co- transfer portal in college football now, uh, they're able to go elsewhere, and that's exactly what these guys are doing. And lately, and most recently, it is Ryan Stubblefield. Uh, Newton says, no volume for second day on your feed. Um, we do have volume on Facebook and YouTube. So what is he referring to? Uh, they're able to go elsewhere, and that's exactly what these guys are doing and maybe online uh the website yeah we'll get that checked out for you new tone thank you for bringing that to our attention so uh we'll check that out all right uh josh says it is a uh, great slate of college basketball he said lipscomb already won and covered against the navy a little while ago add that to the buccaneer music hall scoreboard uh presented by the buck um newton it's funny you bring this up (laughs) because this was a topic this is an ongoing topic on hoist the colors and i try not to share igo's vip information but i'll just say and because Igo and i will get into this at five uh basically put out uh something last night on hoist the colors that keaton mitchell is extremely happy here at east carolina um by the way we saw keaton mitchell last night yeah i was able to do a um 10 second one-on-one interview with keaton mitchell off the record off the record that i'm going to put on the record and I'm, i said keaton where do you want to go uh bowling and he said florida and i said you don't want to play in the snow and he said no he didn't even say anything he just shook his head he's like no and that was the extent of the interview yeah so uh thank you to keaton mitchell for being a part of that in section 213 with uh three of his teammates last night at the basketball game but i go says um after checking in with sources, Keith Mitchell, extremely happy here at ECU. Um, he said, uh, one source I talked to did express some concern over the amount of fans talking publicly about Mitchell being a candidate to enter the portal. And, you know, fans, you're guilty of this, but so am I. We've brought it up on the show. <laughs> yeah. so I am um, also guilty. Sure. I'm not going to call you anybody out because I myself – have talked about this topic because you have i mean it's it's out there it's i'd be a possibility lying if I, i'd be lying if i said it, if i you know i was at tiebreakers on saturday watching the game and every time he'd make a big play which he had several of them on saturday in that win against T- temple every time he'd make a big play i'm like there's somebody out there watching him i mean is and foaming at the mouth yeah trying to get him. it's I, obvious and, and and i was sitting there with the guys that i was sitting with at the table and you know we were kind of discussing all right who could it be so I mean, it, it's definitely being discussed throughout the fan base because in today's world, that's what you expect, right? 
You expect yeah. somebody, that, especially at a place like East Carolina, where you you go out and you produce like Keith Mitchell is doing for the past two or three years, that he's going to go find greener grass. Yep, that's just kind of the reality of it, which is why it's such like a big story that Willie Fritz is staying at Tulane. Like you just expect a guy in that position to leave. Uh, so that's why it's uh, it's a story. But Newton on Facebook says, heard a rumor Keaton Mitchell might be leaving early for the NFL or a program that might pay him more on the NIL. Like, what, what do you mean you heard a rumor? That's just like reality of things that happen. So the rumor you heard was, let me get this straight. You heard that Keaton Mitchell might be doing one of those two things. Those are just called options. Yeah. Those are it's not like I mean, a rumor. People like, are talking about it, but that that is just an option that he A rumor have. would be like a specific school or you talk to an NFL scout who gave Keaton Mitchell a round two grade or something like that. That's not a rumor. Those are just like Keaton Mitchell's options. Just like there's everybody everybody uh that's good has the option of doing that. Even players that aren't having good years have the uh, Ryan Stubblefield didn't throw a pass and he's going to the transfer portal. So those are called options. They are available for everyone. Uh, but it was interesting that I guess, and I don't know if the source he talked to was like a coach or just somebody around the program, but said all the talk publicly about Mitchell, you know, transferring uh, doesn't help. And here we are talking about it once again. Guilty right, as let's charged. Just be quiet. Let's just be quiet. We got to move on. Got to move on. Got to move on to a new topic quickly get out of this one. he did say why y'all talking about me so much last he did say that last night he said, why y'all talking about me so much quit talking about me um so there you go all right uh so xavier smith said yesterday uh tweeted out that he would not be playing in the bowl game for east carolina not entering the portal not doing anything just uh according to him himself said focusing on my physical and mental health so there you go uh, Christian says, how about we pick up the former Michigan quarterback? Heard that several times. I love the um, revenge game aspect of it. Well, more than that, like just ECU fans saying, this would be perfect. What better way to burn your, uh, you know, your former school than going and playing and playing at an opponent's place? Well, Michigan does play 11 other teams next year, right? Like it doesn't just have to be East Carolina. And a lot of teams are looking for a quarterback. So, if he were to pick a spot, would he pick ECU? I mean, I think if he picks East Carolina and they knock him off in the first week at the big house, I think that's perfect for a movie to be made. Make a movie out of it. Is that what he's trying to do? Get a a Netflix deal? The plot, you know, he he goes on. He says, "All right, I'm going to go transfer." Hey, uh, what are you? Where are you transferring? East Carolina. What kind of what school is that? Like, starts laughing at him. Oh, what's their mascot? This and that. Makes fun of him. Oh, well, we play y'all week one. Boom. Knocks them off. Week one at the big house. It'd be a great movie. It would uh, star Kevin James and Adam Sandler. Yes. And it would be Chandler's favorite movie. Adam Sandler, the coach. And, uh, and, like, uh, Kevin James is, like, the offensive coordinator or quarterback's (laughs) coach. I like it. Sandler is hard. Wait. It's, it's one of them or Sandler be, could be the actual water boy for East Carolina. Can, Kevin James is Mike Houston. Sandler is Jim Harbaugh. In Cade's Revenge. Cade's Revenge. They also play UNLV in Bowling Green next year and a slate of Big Ten opponents. You now he should go to Ohio State and see if he could beat them there. Um, 
Michael Winstead says sometimes the grass looks greener over the fence than when you get over the fence. It's brown as heck. Mm. True, but you don't know. So like a, a guy like Isaiah Winstead, he could have stayed it. He took a leap. A leap of faith. He looked over, saw some purple grass, jumped on it, had his first 1,000-yard year. And not he was shunned, spurned by the american honorable mention not first team not second team honorable mention he put his thoughts out there on twitter yeah he thought it was hilarious said it was uh laughable hilarious i try not to get into this mess but he's much more than an honorable mention absolutely with the numbers he had this year and i take that personal he's he's our guy i know i do too we you know we we look after our guy yeah i mean like and he was I'm done. I'm still trying to think about. He was done dirty. Yeah, he was done dirty by the American. He was done dirty by Little Scary. Now the American needs to do something to get on his good graces. Yeah, Little Scary and him are cool now. So the American needs to do something. Did you see Little Scary's? Um, he sent me a ghost mail the other night, and I did pass it along. I did see it on Twitter. Yeah, and Isaiah did see it. Uh, he he just sent me. He said respect to eleven. Respect to 11, mugging DBs like a felon. Mm. When he catch a fade, you catch a fade. Mm. This man 11 about to get paid. Come on. Much love, a little scary. Hashtag Bootang. So, just interesting. That I'm glad that they're on uh, the same page now. Christian says, hey, first we stole UCF's playbook. Now he can take Michigan's. Question. If East Carolina has Michigan's playbook, knows all the plays, could we beat Michigan? Can they still beat them? <laughs> Probably not. Hey, upsets happen every day, my friend. It happened in 2007, too. Week one in the big house. Never heard tell of that one. Well, you need to be told. And sit down when you're told. I'm sitting. You're talking. Go ahead. App State. Yeah. Knocking off Michigan. Michigan, I don't know. They were maybe top ten I can't remember. They were. Maybe I should tell you. Yeah, tell me. Top 10 Michigan. uh, Blocked field goal. They won the game. I I was going to get to that part of the story. David Jackson went nuts. Play-by-play voice. Yes. App State. It happened. All right. uh, Let's see. Any other East Carolina news and notes? Uh, Another day, another cloudy picture when it comes to a bowl game. I have no new information. We'll see what Igo has for us. Okay. We'll talk to him coming up. I go briefly spoke with uh, John Gilbert last night. Okay. Uh, and had a uh, little brief bowl chat. Very brief. But uh, we'll uh, see if I go wants to share that with the audience. If he doesn't, I'll just tell you what I go told me. But I'm going to give him a chance to say it first. Yeah. Let's let him have a chance. I'm going to give him a chance. We're going to give love and peace a chance. But if we got to go to war, we'll go to war. I got my soldier, Chandler Honeycutt, right here. Come on. Yes, sir. Come on. All right. Anything else, Chandler, before we get to this awful basketball game last night? Well, that's what I was going to go to next. And we have a bright spot we can talk about coming out of the game. True freshman Ezra Azar. So you're going to start positive. All right. Fair enough. I know why you're doing this. I would do the same if I were you. Would you say you're a little more modest than me? I used to be like you. I used to be shy in the shadows. 
then i realized nobody's going to give you anything in this life chandler Mm -hmm. you got to take you got to earn it you got to take it nobody's going to give it to you nobody's going to give you props you got to give yourself the props nobody's going to talk you up you have to talk yourself up yeah I've, i've learned that for the past several years now but i'm a pretty good bro when my bro or my sis has a good take or a good pick i I propped them up for the most part and uh, i did that for you last night because you you said before the game started i'm gonna say what i think you said if i misquote you you can come back at me you said i'm gonna say this right now before it gets started and before it happens later this is an ezra asar breakout game word for word is that it word for word you wanted to put it out there before they even threw up the opening tip and when i say that i said it right before tip i mean they were going they announced the starting lineups they had start they had announced the starting lineups and they were going out there to do the tip off and i looked at clip and i said i look i'm basically i mean i don't have to say it you just said it word for word but i was like hey i got a feeling i was like this could be and it's a guy that i've been really liking all year long so far i like his you know versatility i like his physicality really big kid true freshman i said this could be and now i said this thinking that the pirates would cruise part i was thinking i was saying this thinking that the pirates would cruise he would get a lot of playing time which he did get that's the thing he did get a lot of playing time down the stretch down to south carolina state still weird to say that but I just had a feeling. I said, this could be the game where Ezra Azar is introduced to the Pirate Nation. And he led the team with 18 points last night and seven rebounds. And uh, you want to look at his shot chart, Chandler? It's a big, giant purple blob around the basket. Yes. Everything was layups. Yep. Some off rebounds, some off good passes. And uh, looked like he belonged out there last night. No turnovers. That's where he, And that's where he camps out, and that's where he likes you know, to get the ball. And I mean, I'm telling you, there was a couple times last night, too, on a pick and roll, and, and going forward, we really need to watch out for this because he gets free because he's so quick. It's not because people are, like, leaving him behind. Well, it's, some, it's like that a lot of times, but he is very quick for his size. He's very quick on his feet, yeah. but he loves to get under the basket, and he's going to fight for his basket. And if he goes to the line, he's able to shoot free throws as well. Uh, I love his free throw stroke. Yes. He's got a good-looking uh, shot at the line. Um, so, about 15 minutes into the game, maybe 12, I was like, well, for Ezra to have a breakout game, he's going to have to actually play because he hadn't seen the court yet. Then he hit – he was had probably six points, starting to make a little impact. And I said, Chandler, what constitutes as a breakout game? I said, like, 12. I said, 14. You said 12 and six or seven, six, seven boards. And I almost added, and I didn't, I almost added and maybe a big play at the end of the game. He didn't have that, but he had 18 points, I think six or seven rebounds. And he was in at the end of the game. He was like a he guy played. they were relying on, counting on at the end of the game last night. Yeah, I mean, he was literally, in the last 10 minutes, I don't think he'd left the floor. And there was actually a big play. He was a part of that awesome trap in the corner. Uh, him and uh, maybe Jaden Walker, maybe Javon Small. But uh, they created a trap, and the guy it went off his knee or something and gave the Pirates another chance to get the ball back. 
and I do believe he might have had a basket late in the game. But yeah, he's in last night's game. I, when I said the prediction, I thought it was because we were going to be up big. They were going to give Ezra some t- time to get on the court and develop. But no, he was a big factor uh, in that late push last night for the Pirates. Unfortunately, it, they fell and lost to South Carolina State. But he was playing down the stretch, and he was me- playing meaningful minutes, and was being very productive uh, for the for the Pirates as a true freshman. All right, enough sugarcoating a awful loss last night. Pirates lose to zero and seven South Carolina State. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's enough. Now time for negativity. Reality. Reality. Thank you. Pirates lost to a winless team. A lot of discussion last night about, and I love this. We got arguments going on on Hoist the Colors about what loss is worse, Joe Dooley to Coppin State. I remember that. (laughs) Um, This one uh, last night, I'd like to throw in Lee University, whatever that is, uh, in the 2000s. Morgan State knocked us off. Like We got a bunch of – I think every coach has had a head-scratcher and a a bad one. And, look, I – I go and I did our picks before the year. I had no expectations for this team, mainly because I didn't even know half these guys. Uh, but I said they win 12 games this year. They're almost halfway there, living on a prayer. Um, so did I think we'd lose last night? No. Am I completely shocked? No, I'm not. I mean, there's more losses ahead, a lot of them. There's also going to be some fun wins ahead, too. They'll pull that uh, conference upset at home. They do it every year. I have no doubt it'll happen this year. Uh, they'll also lose games like they did last night. Well, it stinks because I'm excited about Friday night. I was, and I guess I still am to some degree, but that's going to be a good game. Like, Campbell has hung around with State. Uh, they beat App State. Like, they're a pretty good team. And in-state opponent, that, that's going to be fun. We'll talk about that one a little bit at four with uh, Chris Haymeyer, but... I'm uh, I'm still looking forward to that one. Friday night hoops uh, coming up seven o'clock in Menjis, but last night was a giant dud. It's a part in the game where I remember Javon Small hit his first shot in the first half, and my dad says first shot he's taken tonight. Like he was kind of he was being passive, passing up shots, yeah. head faking. I think we talked about it too, Chandler. Yeah, and then he hits a three late in the game to cut it to two. And boy, did he get trigger happy. And and it was like, here we go. Here's the run. Um, they had scored at that point. They, they took forever to get it within seven. And they got it to five. Then they got it to two. And it's like, here we go. Winning time. Let's go get it. Small comes down the court and forces another three. Right off the bat. Another I mean, three. I, I don't even think there was that many seconds on the shot clock no, off the shot clock off, off the shot clock uh misses it they get it come down make it a four-point game comes back down the court i don't think he passed it again i think he dribbled in this time tried to make a, a two missed it they come back down dagger three in the corner ball game they're up seven it's over don't have enough time at that point so small went from kind of passive to hitting that one three and maybe thinking all right this is my time to shine and uh and well, missed he's the shot before this year he has and that maybe that's what went so i don't hate it hate it but and, you gotta you gotta move it around take a good shot at least yeah. get a good shot and uh i like the aggressive javon small don't get me wrong um and he will have much bigger nights than last night just 12 points for him on five of ten shooting two of six from the three-point line 
You have nothing to add. All right, so East Carolina Falls. David said, which loss is worse, football versus Navy, basketball versus South Carolina State? I mean, one basketball loss is like three football losses just due to the number of games. But um, as far as which game I felt more confident going into, certainly last night. No doubt. 16, 17-point favorites uh for ecu last night over south carolina State. yeah i mean navy can give anybody trouble on any day so while that loss sucked the uh, last night's loss was worse here's a stat to consider by johnny robertson johnny r johnny says johnny stats johnny stats says ezra had 16 total points on the season going into the last night's game yeah and he, and he had eight, his season total by two he had 18 points in 18 minutes so and part of that was not playing for most of the first half and then playing a lot of the second half so and he's going to be inconsistent too like he's not going to average 18 a night like all these guys it's night to night uh with this basketball team i think mike schwartz will tell you as much i remember like bailey and and somebody repeating this time and time again that mike schwartz has told his guys that a lot of the nights they play they're going to be either as good or not as good as their opponents that's probably tough for a, a college basketball player that was really good in high school to hear, right? But that's the case. They are going to have to fight for everything, whether it's South Carolina State or whether it's Houston. Uh, who's the number one team in the country right now. So, anyway, I'll be there Friday night. So, uh, and hoping for uh, a better performance and a dub against the Campbell Fighting Camels. Uh, Cannon says, what game, what do you think about bowl game now? Think? What do you think about bowl game now? What do you think about bowl game this now? This is... Uh, what do you think about bowl game that's, now? That's uh, Kevin from The Office. Why say less? What's the... Uh, <laughs> why say less when... Less, why say more words? Yeah, why say more when less do trick? <laughs> is that the quote? I, something like that. Let's see the... When less do trick. Me think, why waste time <laughs> say lot word when few word do trick? Do trick. Yeah. I agree. I mean, why are we wasting time with all these extra words? What do you think about bowl game now? Um, I think bowl game now, yes, bowl game happened. Bowl game happened. What bowl question? Myrtle? Myrtle, maybe. Rose, no. Here's what we should do. We should say all the bowl games we're not going to be in. We've all We've talked about the possibilities cotton no <laughs> what do you think about bowl game now i mean look i have no idea at this point i really thought it was trending fenway until i heard that perhaps uh they won't uh they are courting another gal if you will yes they are have eyes on another gal they have an eye on a, a gal that she's a uh she's a sweet cat but also has bear tendencies She's at, she favors a bear and a cat all at the same time. So, yeah, I don't know. Man with him. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jay, for that. Uh, Josh says, will Troy be at the game Friday night? What are you laughing at, Jay? Jay. Yeah. <laughs> um, will Troy be at the game? I don't know. We'll ask him Thursday. Steve's There's a good possibility that my, I might be there. <laughs> are you speaking like troy right yeah. now there's a good there's a hundred percent well you can't rule it out <laughs> you can't. anything's possible anything's possible you can't rule it out 
that's a good one we'll have to see anything's possible all right uh we will take a time out when we return the voice jeff charles will join us hey we'll see what he knows about bowl game now i'll say jeff what you think bowl game now what do you think bowl game now and see what he has to say also well clip bowl game now bowl game bowl 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 We'll talk uh, some hoops, some football, and more with the voice of Jeff Charles. Chris Haymeyer going to join us later. Patrick Mason, Stephen Igo, and you and your thoughts all coming up. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. Plus, they offer service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. I don't care enough and I'm lazy, so I'm not going to look it up myself, but... If somebody could put on Facebook Live or Twitter what the um, or YouTube what the results of these games right now happening in the World Cup mean as far as teams advancing. So Argentina's up 2-0 on Poland. Mexico, I know they had to win and get help. So they're up 2-0 on Saudi Arabia. What does that mean for Mexico as far as advancing? Who will be advancing out of this group? If somebody could explain that to me in, say, 28 words or less, I would uh, much appreciate it. And uh, you'll be, might give you a prize. You might be today's prize winner. What are you looking at, Shirley? I'm actually looking it up right now. Um, okay, France. Oh, you, you don't, you oh, don't need France. You need Poland, Argentina, Mexico. I tell you what, let's talk to Jeff Charles. And by the time we're through with that interview, maybe we'll have some details. Okay, fine. <laughs> let's visit with the voice now who joins us on the Pit Electric Live line. Jeff, how you doing today? Cliff, I'm doing great. A little bit uh, less hectic this week. Still very busy with Pirate basketball. But as you know, we had a very busy week last week going to Florida and had three basketball games there and then came back for Thanksgiving and then left the day after to go to Philadelphia in the Temple football game. So we're catching our breath just a little bit, but the Pirates didn't play real well last night, and hopefully they can get back on the right track on Friday night. Yeah, big game uh, Friday night, and, and I was looking forward to it before last night's game 
thinking, all right, East Carolina's going to be undefeated at home and uh, a rare Friday night in Minji's in-state opponent. Campbell's been playing teams well this year, and uh, we'll talk to Chris Haymeyer later on in today's show and uh, talk about those Campbell fighting camels. And uh, yeah, I got the win taken out of the sails a little bit last night, but now it's a big game because you want to bounce back and uh, get back to the winning ways at home against Campbell on Friday night. But Jeff, last night, I mean, we everybody talked about it. We talked about it that what ECU was doing wasn't sustainable, getting double digit deficits and having to claw back. And even last night when they're down 11, I'm thinking, all right, the run's about to happen. Here we go. And a run did happen. They got it to one possession, but couple of uh misses by javon small late and uh a dagger three uh in the corner by south carolina state who seemed to hit the big shot uh whenever they needed one last night and uh they walk out of mingy's with a win their first win of the year voice as you know yeah it was uh it was a disappointing night south carolina state has some good players clip and you mentioned the dagger out of the corner and that kid hallams from brooklyn i mean that cat can play he had 22 points in the game, and every time you go into any of these games anymore, Cliff, all of these teams have players, and the game has changed so much that it's so much more of a guard-oriented game. And all across the country, there are good guards. There are guys six feet to six two, six three, who can really play, and they all don't go to the major schools. And a lot of them, of course, end up at places like South Carolina State. And this uh, the South Carolina State team had some really good guard play last night some really quick guys who were able to get in the paint and create off the dribble. And they did a really good job, I thought, last night executing their offense. And give Eric Martin a lot of credit, the head coach at South Carolina State. Cliff, he did not get the job until mid-July. And when he got there, he virtually had no players. Hmm. So it's quite a story that he's been able to assemble a staff. He's been able to assemble a basketball team really from scratch here in the last few months. And they come into East Carolina, and they win the game, and they play South Carolina to a three-point game. So it's pretty amazing what he's been able to do, even though they came in here at 0-7. This was a very dangerous game for ECU last night. And unfortunately, it came back to bite them. <laughs> and so the Pirates have to pick up the pieces uh, coming off that loss to Old Dominion. Well, they were only down one point at halftime in that game clip. We got back from Philadelphia, and I got in my car at the airport and turned the game right on. And, of course, uh, it was at halftime, and it was a one-point game. By the time I got home in Farmville, the Pirates were down 15 points. Yeah. So, you know, that game got away quickly in the second half. And the Pirates have not been shooting the ball very well from three in these last two games. Uh, they're going to have to do a better job with that. Now, the bright spot last night, Cliff, as you know, was Azar. He had a really good ball game, and Ezra uh, has a lot of potential. I think he's a big body, and he's a freshman, and – he came to play last night with 18 points, and South Carolina State really did not have an answer for him. But he needed a little bit more help for the Pirates to win that game, and that just uh, didn't come last night. Ezra with 18 in 18 minutes, Jeff, and also added seven rebounds. You look at his shot chart, he's 9 of 10. It's just one big blob right there underneath the basket. He was scoring from the inside, doing a great job. I commented earlier this year that uh, i do like his free throw stroke so i think he can uh go beyond you know the paint but last night he was uh against a smaller team was really good in the paint we'll probably see his minutes increase jeff no turnovers uh in the game for him last night did have four fouls uh but 18 and 7 uh steal as well and and very active too uh should be enough to 
to deserve more playing time for Ezra. So uh, looking forward to seeing more of him and and what he can do. He's a guy, man. He's he's got a lot of potential, Jeff, for how young he is, and, and a guy I think we could use though when we see some of these better AAC teams roll into town. Well, there's no doubt about it, Clip, because uh, you're going to have to be able to match up on the front line. Pirates don't have a whole lot of size on this team. Luigi Dubow is a seven-footer, but he only played two minutes last night in the first half. And then you have Brandon Johnson. He's more of a step-out kind of four guy at 6'8". He's not a real bulky guy inside to match up with some of the bigger players in a conference. So, yes, that is a concern. We knew that going into the season. And again, you give the numbers on Asar last night, and only in 18 minutes, that kind of production was uh, pretty amazing. So, yeah, I think he's in line to get some more playing time. He had some turnover problems at Old Dominion, but uh, he got that corrected last night. And, yeah, he's a freshman, so he's going to have his ups and downs, and especially when you get into this league and the AAC and you're competing against some veteran players and some big guys uh, who have a lot of experience. But you got to start somewhere, and as we all know, Clip, this basketball program is, is starting over again with a new head coach, a new staff, 10 new players. And so I don't think anybody can be too shocked that it's a rebuilding year and there are going to be a lot of ups and downs this year. Jeff Charles joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line. He'll be on the call Friday night when the Pirates welcome in Campbell. Looking forward to uh, some Friday night lights inside Menji's Coliseum, 7 o'clock. And we'll talk to Chris Haymeyer, voice of the Camels, later on in today's show at around 4 o'clock. Uh, Jeff, how about uh, a little pirate football? And the news came out today with the all-American, uh, all-AAC players and Keaton Mitchell name to the first team. Malik Fleming and C.J. Johnson were second-teamers. Isaiah Winstead, who had a phenomenal year, is an honorable mention. Holden Naylor's nowhere to be found. Uh, no honorable mentions for quarterbacks, so uh, Holden Naylor's not on the team after his uh, very productive senior year here at East Carolina. So, I, you know, I, I try not to get too passionate one way or the other about these. I I've, I've really come to like Isaiah Winstead uh, as a player, and when we get to talk to him here uh, on Mondays on the Players' Lounge, so I did want to see him uh, first team or second team. Kind of surprised by that, but uh, every year we we you know have these gripes about these lists. So not not going to get into it too much, but uh, it's still strange to see Isaiah not on first or second team and no honors uh, for Holton Aylers. Yeah, it is. I agree with you, Clip. The The problem with Holton is that he's in a league with terrific quarterbacks, and you just can't put them all on the all-conference team. But just look at the quarterbacks in this league and some of the guys that have had really terrific years. So Holton maybe got lost in the shuffle just a little bit, but I do believe he at least deserved to be on the honorable mention team. Isaiah Winstead, as we know, has had a terrific year this year. I think you could make a case for him being uh, probably a second-team performer. Uh, and I'm glad to see the other guys get to get on the all AAC team as well. But but you're right, Cliff. It's very subjective, and uh, sometimes you get guys on there who deserve it, and sometimes that you don't. But going back to the game last week, I mean this this was a big win for ECU, and we talked about it being a, a big game going into it on your show last week. And you know the Pirates have now put two back to back seven and five seasons together, and that's not happened back-to-back winning season since Ruffin McNeil was the head coach 2013 to 2014. So that was a big win for the program last week. And you know, it didn't always look like the Pirates were going to get it, but uh, give the guys a lot of credit. They continued to battle to the end, and when the defense needed a couple of stops, they got them. And when the offense needed that touchdown late, they got it. So give the kids 
lot of credit. They went up there in a tough situation to play in. You go up there and there's nobody in the stadium. And, Cliff, that's not changed. I've been going to Temple since 1983 with Virginia Tech. And there were no people in the stadium in 1983. And here we are in 2022 and there are no people in the stadium for Temple football. And that's just what it is when you go up there and you have to battle that and you have to battle playing on a professional football stadium's field, which is a little bit different too. So, you know, there are a lot of different intangibles when you go up there and play. I can tell you from our standpoint, the security is really tight. When you go into a major city and an NFL stadium, we had to go through two different checkpoints as far as security is concerned to even get into the stadium last week. So it's a whole different deal. Uh, the, the passes are different for the media. Uh, they're very restrictive on where you can go on the field or in the press box. So it's a little bit of a different feel when you go up there and you have to deal with all those kinds of things. Thank goodness it was such a beautiful day last week. 54 degrees and sunny in Philadelphia the day after Thanksgiving. Doesn't get any better than that. Jeff Charles joining us, and uh, what a shootout it was, voice. I asked Brian Bailey this since he was at the game. We're watching on TV, and uh, people can see and, and saw our reactions to it live. We were uh, streaming, getting ready for the post game, so we already had our, our cameras on and everything watching the game. And you can see us when Holt Naylor's is rolling out to his left and getting ready to throw across the body. Billy Weaver is screaming, run, Holton, run. And and Chandler and I are screaming, no, no, no. And he throws it. And then, of course, it's yes, 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 when Jalen Johnson runs under it and scores a touchdown. How about you, Jeff, on that play? I haven't heard your call on it. So did you see it developing and, and see Johnson kind of open there? He was in like a triangle of defenders of uh, Temple defenders, and the ball just came down right to him, and he's able to get it in. But what were you thinking when Aylers had that uh, crazy cross-the-body throw there at the end of the game? Well, I'm thinking the same thing some of you guys were thinking. Go ahead and run with it, Holden. But when I'm doing the game clip in that situation, I'm just watching the quarterback. I don't really have time with my eyes to look down the field and see you know, if a receiver is open too much. So I'm, I'm concentrating on Holton and what he is doing. And then, you know, when he throws the ball, then I look for the receiver. And uh, Jalen did a good job getting in the seam there and, and getting some space. And, you know, Holton, to his credit, put it on the money, and Jalen made the catch and got in the end zone. You know, there in the middle part of the season, the Pirates really missed Jalen Johnson when he was out with injuries. But as you remember, Cliff, he got up to a terrific start this year, and then the injuries came, so... It's really good to see number one back out there because he's a weapon on this football team. And again, you know, they scored with one eleven to go. It was a, it was a big big play, a big win for this football team, and now gives them some momentum with practice now in December, getting ready for the bowl game. And coaches love the practice. We always talk about this when teams go to bowl games. The coaches obviously are, are happy for the players to get a reward, but. If you're looking at it strictly from a coach's standpoint, they love practices, and they love to practice in December and get things ready to go for the next year. So a lot of positives uh, to the East Carolina football season this season. Well, Jeff, you are Pirate royalty. I know they call you in on all the big meetings, so can you break some news and tell us where we're going bowling this year, Jeff? I have absolutely no idea. The Pirates are going bowling, and I'm not Pirate royalty, <laughs> Cliff. I don't know any more about it than uh, the guy on the street. with you. So uh, I'm not really sure. Um, and, and to be honest, Jeff, I, I go, and we'll talk to Igo later. He said he talked to John Gilbert last night, 
uh, before the basketball game, and like they're still jockeying for position and everything. So it's not like it's a done deal and everybody's just being quiet. It really feels like they're still trying to figure out where all these dominoes are going to fall at this point. Well, I think that's exactly right, and that's what I'm hearing as well. I think there are about four irons in the fire, but I think a lot of it has to do with the games this week and you know, there's a lot of horse trading that goes on. The conference, of course, is involved in it, and the athletic directors, and you have to let these things play out. I do think that there are a number of opportunities out there, uh, and I think for Pirate fans, obviously, and Clip, you and I have talked about this before, for fans of any school, these bowl games anymore, it's all about can you drive to the game. And last year, the Pirates did a great job selling tickets to the Military Bowl in Annapolis because it's four and a half hours away from eastern North Carolina and most points in North Carolina where East Carolina has fans and up and down the East Coast, and people could you know, drive up there, so the Pirates sold a lot of tickets. Now, if East Carolina would go to a bowl game, which I don't think they're going to, but if they go to a bowl game in Texas, I mean, let's be honest, how many tickets are they going to be able to sell? So it's all about drivable distances for these bowl games anymore. And, of course, right down the road, three hours and 15 minutes, is Myrtle Beach from Greenville. So that would be great for Pirate fans. I don't know if that's going to work out or not. Uh, Birmingham would be a little bit of a stretch. You can drive to Birmingham, obviously, from here in a day. Tampa's also drivable in a day, but that's a long drive down there. Boca is almost impossible to drive to. So, you know, I think all of those irons are still in the fire, and everybody is burning some midnight oil, I think, at ECU and the athletics department to try and position the Pirates for the very best bowl. But I'm glad for the players. They get a chance to play in a bowl game. It's a, it's a big deal to them, uh, especially after last year and the game was canceled. So I'm really happy for the players. And they're going to get some nice bling, and they're going to get some television coverage. And so it's, uh, it's a good thing for the players, and it's a great reward. Voice, uh, how surprised were you when you were getting score updates uh, during the broadcast you were on calling East Carolina and Temple the shootout that it was that Michigan, uh, for the second straight year, put the beat down on Ohio State? And again, maybe not that Michigan won for the second straight year, but the way they really dominated that second half, that was, uh, that was very impressive uh, by Jim Harbaugh's guys. Yeah, it really was, Cliff. And, of course, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but you're right, we were following the score. And, yeah, I was surprised. I thought it would be a very close game and either team could win it going into the fourth quarter. But now Michigan has beaten Ohio State back-to-back games after Ohio State owned them four years. And you will remember that Jim Harbaugh was the guy that they wanted to run out of Ann Arbor just uh, three years ago because he couldn't beat Ohio State. And now they've beaten Ohio State back-to-back games. And, all my friends in Ohio, because I grew up there, a lot of Ohio State fans are friends, and they're all ready now to fire Ryan Day. They want to <laughs> because he can't beat Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. goes around, comes around, Clip. The way of the world. Uh, Luke Fickle uh, will be joining the Big Ten, uh, Wisconsin. Willie Fritz looks like he's hanging around Tulane, Jeff, as uh, it appeared. He might be on his way to Atlanta to take over the Georgia Tech job. You got Philip Montgomery uh, fired at Tulsa. They'll be looking for a new head coach. South Florida trying to fill a position. So, voice a lot of coaching activity going on around us and, of course, around the country right now. Matt Rule uh, found a new spot there in Nebraska. So, you got the coaching carousel. You got the uh, transfer portal carousel that we'll all be following these next few months. 
lot to talk about for guys like you, Clip. On shows, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that. And uh, how about Trent Dilfer going to oh, you yeah. today? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, story. I tell you what, and and you know what? I sit here and, and complain about retread, so I guess I can't be hypocritical and and say this is a, a dumb move because, uh, I don't know, I kind of like something different. It is out there, certainly. It's outside the box. We'll see how it works. And, Jeff, he is a Fresno State guy. Like, What, what are the ties there at all? I, I haven't really read into it. Is there a tie, UAB and, uh, and Trent Dilfer? You know, I don't know, Cliff, and that's a good question because I've been wondering the same thing. I need to do a little yeah. research on that. We still have I'll look into it, yeah. UAB when the Pirates were competing against them, so I need to – See if I can figure that one out. But there are outside-the-box hires. And how about the hire that Charlotte made? You talk about an outside-the-box hire. That was one uh, with Charlotte hiring a guy who's been a high school coach, just like Trent Dilfer, although he's been uh, with Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, not exactly a household name. Charlotte's kind of rolling the dice on, on their hire as well. And then, of course, with Coach Prime, Jackson State gave him a chance, and now he's a... He's a hot property. I would think that if he was going to go to Colorado, they would have announced it by now. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if Deion Sanders in Colorado is a fit. Now, I think it's a fit for Coach Prime at USF, and, and I think that's the hope at USF that that uh, Deion Sanders would take that job. So I don't know where they are in their search either, but his name has certainly been mentioned prominently. And I'll tell you what, Cliff, even though USF is in the American and you've got – Florida, Florida State, and Miami are Power Five conferences. I can guarantee you they're not exactly too thrilled if Deion Sanders would go to USF and start recruiting the state of Florida against those guys because there are so many kids who want to play for Coach Prime. And we've seen what he's been able to do at Jackson State. And imagine if he's at a bigger program like USF, how he would probably be able to recruit in his home state. He's from Fort Myers, and he played at Florida State. He's got a lot of ties there. Uh, I would think that's a home run hire for USF if they can get Deion Sanders. 100%. It would uh, send shockwaves there in Florida, and I think he could flip it around pretty quickly just with the amount of talent he'd be able to bring in. And again, one of the greatest players of all time, certainly. Uh, but what he lacks in coaching experience, that's that's why he hires a good offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, those assistants around him, and then he takes care of the recruiting, branding, everything else you got to do as a head coach, and he could turn them into a winner, I think, very fast. So uh, definitely keeping an eye on that. Voice, always enjoy the chat. Thanks. Uh, we'll let you run and uh, get ready for some Friday night hoops. East Carolina and Campbell, you'll be on the call there. And next week, Jeff, we'll be uh, talking about a bowl opponent. So we'll uh, talk more football with you next week. That'll be a lot of fun. And then clip uh, the Pirates next Tuesday, go to Wilmington. And that's Mm. always a big basketball game, too. So before we have a chance to visit again, two basketball games. I'll tell you what, the crowds have been good this year at Williams Arena. Minji's Coliseum, 3,800 last night on a Tuesday night is really good. I hope the fans come out again and over 4,000, hopefully, on, on Friday night for Campbell. So it, it's good to have some atmosphere for these non-conference games here for Pirate basketball. And hats off to the Pirate fans. Absolutely. Jeff, thanks for your time today. We'll uh, chat with you next week. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Cliff. The Voice, Jeff Charles, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up our number one, and we'll have an update for you from the World Cup. on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. That's on the way when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hemp Garden is your premium CBD retailer in eastern North Carolina. Find yourself having anxiety or in need of extra sleep or uh, extra sleep support, rather, Hemp Garden has a variety of Delta 8 and Delta 9 products that can assist with those issues. If you're unable to stop by the store, don't worry. Give them a call today at 413-6100 for a consultation, and they'll ship right to your door. Hemp Garden, located at 3040 South Evans Street in the Target Shopping Center in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, Hard Break City for Mexico. Oh, no. So Mexico... And Poland were trying to be the uh, second and third team from Group C to advance to the knockout stage along with Argentina. So Mexico was up 2 nothing, And in like the 80s, so that put them at a tie for uh, with goal differential with Poland. So from that point, the next tiebreaker is cards received in the tournament. And Mexico had more yellow cards than Poland. Oh. So Poland would have advanced. Mexico scores a goal like in the 87th minute to go up 3 nothing, which would have put them in. But the guy was clearly offsides. Goals taken off the board. And then to add a little insult to injury, uh, Saudi Arabia scores in the, uh, the extra time, the bonus time. And it's two to one. All that means is Argentina and Poland will advance from that group. So Mexico is Dunzo in the World Cup there on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Uh, looking at college hoops tonight, ACC Big Ten Challenge saw uh, Jaden Gardner and Virginia knocked off Michigan last night. Coming up tonight. Purdue is 6-0. and Florida State is awful. Florida State is 1-7. and And Purdue, huge favorites tonight on the road in Tallahassee. Ohio State is at Duke. Uh, North Carolina is an underdog. They went from number one to number 18. They're a dog on the road at Indiana. And Michigan State is a slight road favorite in South Bend against Notre Dame in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So that is going on tonight as well. All right, there are a few scores from the, on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Doug Buck. Doug Buck. Got to get to Chris Haymeyer. Let's see. Um, if, uh, Mike P says, all I know about the World Cup is that every kick is a free kick when you play for America. I like that. Thanks. Steven says, is that a Conley baseball hat? It is, courtesy of... Jason Mills. Um, Steven also says last night we had no rebounding. We were shooting threes like a church league team. All right. You know what? I played church league. Let's not offend church league basketball players. Some are in this building right now. Jay says Dion announced today he will choose between USF, Colorado, and Cincinnati by this Sunday. Hate to say it. The most fascinating one there is certainly South Florida and what he could do in the state of Florida and how much he could get under Norvell and Napier's skin and out-recruit the big boys of Florida. And uh, and Gus at UCF. 
Yeah, all those Power Five teams. If you if we're still are we still calling the Big Twelve Power Five, I reckon all those teams and uh, Dion will be going into living rooms, taking recruits away from Miami, Florida State, Florida, and UCF. The bad part is that we'll have to he will, see him. He will dominate the new American Conference. Could, but he will turn them in from a stone cold loser to a, a winner pretty quick. I would think. No doubt about it, especially with the recruiting. At least I mean, the his factor. sales pitch is basically, I am prime time Deion Sanders. Coach Prime. Nice to Coach meet you. Coach Prime. Check my tape. And I hated Deion Sanders as a player, mostly because I remember him from the Cowboys, but also the 49ers, and they were dominant. I think the only time we got him, we being Washington, was like a little before my time when he was with the Falcons, and we knocked them off in the playoffs uh, a year or two. But when I was watching uh, my prime time of watching football, he was a menace. And then he became a Washington Redskin when he was over the hill and didn't do anything. He had one good punt return against Tampa Bay that set up a game-winning field goal in overtime that I remember. Did you like him as a Brave? Yes. Good point, Shirley. Okay. And I had to separate those two. Okay. I think even as a Brave, I think the football – he was doing both at the Which same at that time, point, right? he was still a Falcon. So, no, nah, that's a really good point. I can tell you, he wasn't my favorite Brave. Oh, of course. I like Terry Pendleton um, over him, Ron Gant, Dave Justice, uh, and, of course, the pitchers. I think even then, I wasn't a huge Dion fan, which is crazy because I like the flash, and I like the uh, the brashness. Maybe, I guess when he went to Dallas and San Francisco, it just, uh, and I respect it. Like, I knew he was a great player. But, man, when he'd start high-stepping on you from he, the 40-yard line. He was a part of that store. I mean, yeah, that would make you so mad. You like a guy if he's a part of that store, I feel like, especially if you're a Washington fan. And now, looking back on it, man, I uh, I love his highlights now. Oh, gosh. When you high-step from, like, I'm the a 50, highlight guy. And man, Dion has some highlights. He has got some highlights. Yeah, he has got some highlights. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Right. We'll come back when we return. Chris Haymeyer, voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels, will join us when uh, we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own clip rock on Wednesday nights. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip Rock. Fun night of sports trivia planned tonight. We'll have hoops on the TV and uh, I've got a round about college football conference championship games and players from the past. So I got that and a lot more coming up tonight. 8 o'clock. Come on out. Have fun with us at AJ McMurphy's. 
All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric Live Line. Joining us, a familiar voice around these parts, formerly at WCTI 12. You've heard him on East Carolina broadcast. You've heard him on Pirate Radio with his own show and hosting the fifth quarter. He is Chris Haymeyer, voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Chris, how you doing, man? great clip it's great to be back on thank you so much for having me how are you guys we're doing great i always enjoy when campbell and ecu get together because that means we get to talk to chris haymeyer and the camels and pirates will do battle on the hardwood coming up on friday night and before we get into that uh chris want to talk a little campbell football i'm looking at the uh the schedule this year after the uh the east carolina game and i see uh some wins i also see a lot of one possession losses and uh, i guess is that kind of the story here campbell at five and six and all those losses at the end of the year were by one possession it looked like yeah it was it was awfully tough clip it was a it was a bit of a roller coaster ride um you know campbell had played a tough schedule played william and mary who went on to win the caa pretty tough up there um as you know campbell won the first quarter in the big game against east carolina that they did a lot of people don't mention a lot of people don't mention that <laughs> um and then they went on and they beat an nc central team at home by 30 points that was undefeated at the time nc central went on to have a have a good year they beat a not very good charleston southern and robert morris team but they were 2-0 in conference had won three straight games four and two overall and then they ran into some good teams and some bad luck. They, they took top 10 ranked Jackson State, Dion's team, of course, down to the wire. It was a 22 to 14 win by Jackson State on the road. So a quote unquote good loss. They got back into conference and then lost the big second half lead to NC A&T and the injuries started to come in that, in that game, their offensive line got banged up. Their quarterback went down, first-team all-conference quarterback, Haj Malik Williams, in the game at Bryant, and then they lost a bunch of close games. So you know how it is, Cliff. You're rolling along, and then you get a couple of injuries and a couple of key positions, and your season kind of goes downhill from there. The, the good news is Campbell is looking to, for the second straight year, put together the number one recruiting class out of high school and all of FCS. In fact, right now, and again, I understand things have, have changed because of the transfer portal, but they are looking at to put together a top 60 recruiting class, period, in Division One football of uh, high school seniors. You know, so many other of the, of the Power Fives and Group of Fives are going out to the transfer portal, so they don't recruit as heavily. But they're looking at beating a lot of FBS teams out as far as high school recruiting goes. So, it's liable to be a, a, a good offseason for, for Campbell again. Hopefully they can continue to build because they're going to the CAA next year. Of course, hmm. Campbell's going to the CAA and everything, and that's a football conference that just put five into <laughs> into the FCS playoffs. Chris Haymeyer joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line. Let's talk some Campbell basketball because they are a team. And look, I was excited about this game, you know, going into this week. Okay, you, if you're ECU, you knock off South Carolina State, you're undefeated at home, and you got a big one, kind of a rare Friday night in Minji. Should be a fun atmosphere in there, and we'll welcome in a good team in Campbell. Well, they're, they're humans, Chris. There's upsets every night. And with this ECU team, I don't even know how big of an upset it was, but the Pirates were big favorites against the winless Bulldogs. Lost last night, so now uh, they got to bounce back pretty quick and get ready for Friday night. But this is a Campbell team that you know played uh, NC State tough, knocked off 
uh app state uh, has some some wins they're four and three right now so and anytime these uh teams get together we've seen campbell knock off east carolina uh, a couple of times and on the basketball court so excited about the game friday night but what can you tell us about this campbell team uh, so far this year yeah you did a good job of, of laying it out campbell is four and three right now but a handful of made free throws and they're a one-loss team right now that has, has beaten NC State. That was a game that they really went toe-to-toe with. NC State led for almost half of the first half, um, ended up losing by six, but, but Campbell in that game missed 11 free throws. So really, that's one of the big reasons that, that Campbell didn't come out of Raleigh with a win. Then they beat Nap State team. Of course, Nap State beat Louisville the week before. Louisville isn't Louisville. I, I understand that, but, but that was a... That was a game that, that, that Campbell won. They, they blew a, a large lead against southeastern Louisiana, again, missing free throws down the stretch. They missed, they missed seven in the second half, and, and that was one of their other losses in there. And then they came back and, and rebound from a, from a loss against Jacksonville and beat a Stetson team that has beaten USF and Florida State. I know you can't do this early in the season, the transitive property of basketball. But just to pay <laughs> out the fact that this is a Campbell team that, you know, really could be six and one with a couple of huge wins and they've had a couple of good ones so far this year Uh, a lot of new faces on this team that that makes it exciting and that's going to be life at this level of division one basketball with the transfer portal but for Campbell it has gone uh in a good direction Campbell didn't lose that many to the transfer portals they didn't lose that many key guys and they and they have eight new faces including four transfers and they're all contributing. And they really returned in this transfer portal era one of the best cores in the entire Big South. Uh, Ricky Clemens is a, is a Raleigh guy who was a former walk-on who is now uh, a preseason all-conference performer. Jesus Carolero is a senior from Spain. He can do a little bit of everything. And Josh Lusain is another guy that has been in this program for four years. So they have a fun mix of, of, of guys that have been here for a while, which is a rarity to have a guy on your team that has played here for four or five years, and then some newcomers that they have gotten out of the transfer board. Uh, any relation, Ricky Clemens and uh, Chris Clemens from a few years ago? You know what? It's not. And we've had to put that in our game notes because, of course, everybody assumes that there's a guy named Clemens on the team where – the Chris Clemens went third time, uh, third all time leading scorer in NCAA history. Um, they're both from the same uh, area in Raleigh. <laughs> they have no relation, okay. whatsoever. But but he, he's an amazing story, really too. So so he came here um, when Chris Clemens was a was an upperclassman and and learned a lot from him in practice. And he was a walk on, um, didn't play really at all his last year and a half. He was he was here um, the year after. Chris Clemens left. You can imagine what a hole that left in the in the Campbell lineup. And so Campbell was really searching for answers in midway through the conference season that year after Chris Clemens left. And Ricky Clemens is a lockdown defender. And so he did so well in practice, they put him in, and they haven't taken him out of the lineup since. Uh, he went from a walk-on to a scholarship guy that summer to a starter and now an all-conference player. He started as the guy that you would put on the other team's best offensive player, and they still do that. But he has upped his offensive game, and he's a guy that, that, that you really wouldn't want to shoot outside of the lane three years ago. And now he's a guy that's pumping in 14 points per game to, to lead this guy, lead this team in scoring. He's shooting 61% from the field. He's 8 for 10 from three. And he's still the lockdown defender that, in my opinion, is the best of the Big South. 
Chris Haymeyer joining us. Chris, just going back to that state game real quick. I see the high man that night was uh, Baby T, as they call him around these parts. Farmville Central's on Terquavion Smith that had 19. Uh, what did you think about Terquavion? And, and an interesting year for Kevin Keats and State. Uh, they had a terrible year last year in the ACC, hoping uh, for a bounce back year this year. But what's your, your outlook on the pack and, uh, and Baby T uh, specifically? Man, Baby T is the real deal. I hadn't seen him play live, and of course, you knew that he was a guy that that, that would have been a first-round NBA pick last year, but boy, I think he's made himself a lot more money staying in school. In that game, honestly, he was one that kept NC State in it and close in the in the first half. It was only their second game of the season, granted, but he hit two threes in a row from NBA range and then some. I mean, his range is uh, anywhere on the floor, and he was really one of the catalysts for that team. He, he was amazing to see up close just with the way that he shoots. He, he handles the ball, and again, they looked back then as a team that was trying to figure it out with a lot of, with a lot of different pieces, and I know they've been uh, very up and down, but he is the real deal, and he's going to be a lottery pick. Talking to Chris Haymeyer, joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. It'll be ECU and Campbell. Chris, you're going to be here uh, Friday night? I will be there, Clip. All right. It'll be there? Yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be heckling you. I mean, I mean. speaking of heckling, you, you guys know the reach of this show, and I think I, I talked about the last time we talked, the preview of the of the big football game. I came on, and I was a little saucy. Of course, you can do well. <laughs> Joking a little bit, how yeah. Campbell is going to to ruin what was the beginning of a, of a good season. So later that night, and you guys did a great job, put out all kinds of pull quotes on Twitter. <laughs> I was I was liking him. I was trying to get my Q rating up, and then I saw that uh, Coach Houston followed me on <laughs> thinking back to a couple of things that I'm saying. And you know, and you know, that's a guy that he is locked in with FCS teams and how they can be yeah. looking for bulletin board material. And I was beside myself thinking oh my gosh he has a recording he listens of course to pirate radio every night hello to coach who's right <laughs> now and i thought and i thought he's playing just that clip of me saying that campbell is going to come in paint the town orange and end up beating ecu so i'm hoping the new basketball coach uh, doesn't follow my twitter account and that's why i've, I've kept things very even very complimentary <laughs> Pirates, as always, as you know, a team that I have a special connection to. Uh, sources say that after that first quarter at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, he just had a big uh, <laughs> eight by ten of your face and your quote attached to it, and showed it to the team, and that's what led to the what forty nine to ten win for ECU. So, hey, ten, ten to seven, took a picture of the scoreboard, hung it up. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, you are a Mizzou guy, correct? That's true. I, uh, I, I saw one projection there. of an ECU-Mizzou bowl matchup, Chris. Now, it probably won't happen, but... Birmingham. Yeah, okay. So, that was it. You saw that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I saw that, too. I uh, I have a, a big connection to the Tigers because I not only went to went to school there, but I grew up in that Columbia uh, over in the Midwest in, in Columbia, Missouri. So, so we've been uh, Tiger fans for, for a long, long time. You know, speaking of a of a disappointing season it was a, a lot of close losses for the for the old tigers i saw that and i saw and that's one usually you're not like ah you got to go to birmingham but i'd go to birmingham for that one i was going to ask you about that what's it like being in the sec if you are a missouri and if i recall chris like not very high expectations going into this year right so 
uh, you get your six wins i think three in uh in conference play and yeah they were in it uh in a lot of games with some big teams and and could have had even more wins but is that a is that a disappointing six and six or like uh all right maybe we got something here six and six like how do you you kind of compartment uh compartmentalize that if you're a mizzou fan yeah, you know, I mean, you know, especially when you're in the SEC, even though you're Missouri in the SEC, the time for the, the time for moral victories seemed to be over. <laughs> it was it was one of those frustrating years. You know, they got they got stomped second game of the season at Kansas State. Kansas State went on to be a good year, but that's an old not only Big Twelve but a Big Eight rival, so that rang people the wrong way. Lost at Auburn in overtime, and then. Lost to number one Georgia by four, and I don't know if you if you remember that game. Mizzou should have won that game. It was one of those where Georgia just came out with laying an egg, and they could not muster enough offense to get it, and lost the close one at Florida. Ended up beating South Carolina, which looks like better better than it is. But I think it's kind of you know the the, the close losses piled up on each other. It's it's year three for a coach that's a good recruiter, but is he more than a recruiter? I think that's what people are are kind of talking about. They've done better recruiting than they ever have. Um, it's uh, Eli Drinkwitz, of course, who was the App mm-hmm. coach, but now people are looking back and they're like, wait a second, he was at App State just for a year. He was there with other people's uh, players, and App State seems to be pretty good without him. It wasn't him that made App State uh, so good right. in that season. So I think people are, are, are kind of looking. The administration came out, they gave him a, a two more years on his contract, but you know, Mizzou had early success when they first got into the SEC. People don't remember it was back-to-back um, uh, SEC West championships. So they played in the SEC championship game, and that might have set expectations a little a little too high. So you know, six and six is six and six, no matter what league you're in. But I guess things look bright in the future for Mizzou, and I know everybody wanted the Mizzou football report and that's why I've- and that's why you're here and uh you gave it to him and uh jay on facebook says last time ecu and mizzou met in football 1983 he says east carolina won 13 to 6 i will say if they meet again there will be more points in that contest so. <laughs> yeah definitely a lot more points let's get that game going again or let's just play it in birmingham let's do it why wouldn't we campbell and ecu will be on the court friday night chris haymeyer will be on the call always a uh, fun one when these two teams meet we finally i think have snapped the curse of haymeyer there was a terrible stretch for ecu on the hardwood on the diamond where campbell had ecu's number we've we've kind of snapped that but should be a good one uh coming up on friday night chris looking forward to it and uh looking forward to you being back here in greenville man yeah thank you so much for having me on always special when we come to uh up there and, and take on ECU. I appreciate it, man. Great talking to you, and hey to everybody in the EMC. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris. Enjoyed it, man. There's Chris Haymeyer. He used to sit here in this studio and take your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Now the man uh, with the Campbell Fighting Camels. We'll uh, take a break, come back. P. Mace, Patrick Mason is in the green room getting the makeup on. Got a new camera in here, so... Well, uh, let's get that camera right in Patrick's face if we can, Chandler. I really want to show, because he's a writer, you know, and they don't get a lot of love. So I really want his face kind of taking up the whole screen if we can today. All right, thanks. We'll get that done. Patrick Mason joins us when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Brock. All right, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Clip Brock. Patrick Mason joining us. What happened there, Steven Spielberg? I thought uh <laughs> I thought you were uh, <laughs> We've turned Chandler into... He's, tr- he's trying to size up. He's trying to frame it. That he's whole on it. break, he was like setting his camera up, telling Patrick, move over here, sit here. Like, you're really getting into this, man. And it he's turned... all giddy. And action. And we're right back to our old camera setup. So, uh, <laughs> but now we do have a new camera. Patrick, you look great. You look great. Uh, say uh, that again. That was uh, off mic. Hey, how come you muted that? I said you look good. Yeah, thank there you we for go. saying that. Thank I think Chandler that. just really wanted to be in here during our riveting soccer conversation. We talked a lot of soccer there. <laughs> Chandler hates soccer, not a soccer guy. USA plays at 10, by the way, on Saturday, not uh, 9 a.m. Chandler, any chance uh, you watch that game? No? I'll be I, watching it. I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't want you to I'm not, watch it I, if you don't I, want to watch well, it. Well, no, I'll I tell you what. Tell me what, then. And I don't mean to be Tony Peterson here, but you know what? What a setup if, for what you're about to say. If, if I was to wake up on Saturday, and, wake uh, up. and I hope to God I do. We all pray you do. When I wake up on Saturday. After an ECU win over Campbell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Queen. Yes, yes <laughs> Queen. Um, but if I wake up and my roommate, now my roommates are big into the World Cup. They're soccer, somewhat soccer fans. If I wake up, go downstairs, and it's on, I'm plopping down watching USA. If it's on, it's on. If it's on, it's on. And if it's not, I'm not I'm not making the effort to turn it on and watch it. Right. No, sir. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Patrick, where do you fall? Yeah, I'm in. I watched it. I watched some of the, what was it, last, yesterday, two days ago? Iran? Iran? <laughs> that that game I you don't know the that. day or the how to say the country no but you were into it i saw that one reporter was just going after iran yeah and you know what i've been calling it iran since then iran iran a a ron i i ron i ron so uh yeah, it'll I'll be usa versus the netherlands we had, we did a world cup pool years ago and i go I go never really got into it, but he got into it enough where he got a Netherlands jersey. Really? I got I got to see That's if I can impressive. find that on social media. So uh, it'll be a house divided game for I go. Is it called up. the jersey? Oh, it's a kit. A kit. Although the kit, I want to say, is that like the whole? Is the whole? Uh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say shaboodle. Is that a thing? Because you know, like hockey, it's called like a sweater. A sweater. Right. I don't know. If you know. Do you own a hockey sweater? Yeah, I, it's a Blackhawks one. Is it a player, Chris Chelios? <laughs> uh, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Up oh, here we go. 2014, I go in the Netherlands jersey. <laughs> that does look like 2014 version. 
and uh he's looking sharp i wonder if he's still got it i need to uh, i'll ask him today when he shows up all right uh so there is your world cup update argentina <laughs> and poland advancing from group c today mexico adios amigos <laughs> apparently so they are out of it all right uh patrick hoops last night hoops were you there yeah i didn't see you why do i never see you i saw you there uh, I, I just didn't come down and say hey once what time I, do you got, get there i got there a little after six yesterday so you get there pretty early yeah you usually it's probably about 30 minutes beforehand all right well i never saw hide nor hair of you but you were there yep uh you saw how rowdy we were getting last yeah. night yeah that's why i didn't go down and say hey i was a little worried i was gonna get you know <laughs> it was me chandler my dad and then four ecu football players and that was the whole section yeah last night that was the section including keaton mitchell and they got into it late in the game uh they love they are big ezra fans we as, found out as one Huge. should be as everyone yeah Huge you're right. ezra fans and i am proud to be a part of that fan club they kept yelling and i agreed with them at the end of the game foul 55 foul 55 <laughs> and they fouled him and we were all celebrating and i turned around and i said is he gonna miss it and he said yeah he, he's he's gonna miss this and he made them both made them both knocked them down like he, he looked bees. good too it's funny you said that because i remember watching as he got to the line he had this like thing with his feet where he like was making sure like all right this is you know an inch from here like it's like this guy's not a free throw shooter. oh yeah we i <laughs> was all. like hey he doesn't want it right. too scared of the moment yeah knocked them both down just yeah cold-blooded I had the uh, same thought. It point. was an Ezra breakout uh, last night, which was good to see. And really, he just did it on like layups. Yeah. Putbacks and just running the floor and feed him layups. Um, everything else went south. Yep. <laughs> really, it was the, the defense. They, they just they couldn't get any sort of semblance of a defense yeah. going. The offense was fine. They I trailed by seven pretty much the entire second half. Like, they couldn't get it within seven. And they finally did on a bucket and then a Javon, Javon Small three to cut it to two. And then Small... It was with, like a 5-0 run on the other end. And two uh, Small misses and two makes by them. And then it's out of reach. Yeah. I think they just let a South Carolina State team hang around. And they were like, hey, guys, this is a good chance for our first win. We're, we're feeling good. We're playing okay. And when you give a team like that some life, I, I think uh, you're in some trouble. Um, What did... Mike Schwartz say after the game. Um, he, he just, you know, he said we didn't deserve to win, which we probably all agree. But um, really, he talked about just kind of getting some things cleaned up defensively and, yeah, just playing harder. And you just got to quit spotting teams some points sometimes that shouldn't be spotted points. Even when they're down 11 with like seven minutes or whatever left or whatever it was, um, I thought they were going to come back just because they've always done that this year yeah you just you can't do it uh you're relying on the other team to screw up and to south carolina state's credit they didn't screw up uh if anything they were road warriors battle tested whatever (laughs) phrase you want to use so they were not scared uh down the stretch no they made some shots they were good from deep which they weren't really coming into the game i'm gonna give them credit too their bench was into it the entire game yeah they were whipping towels jumping for a zero and seven team uh they were really really into that basketball game so i will give them uh, a lot of credit for that you know they only play at home three times in the calendar year of 2022 man that's it's insane i hope their fans show up yeah they don't get to see them like, like, what are they doing to that stadium they, just having the circus there for a month <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, yeah they're taking a long long road trip all right uh adam uh on facebook has dropped a couple of lines here for us 
he says uh we got a lot of soccer talk going chandler you are un-american if you don't watch at least some of usa netherlands this according to adam not me i don't know adam from adam <laughs> actually i did meet adam oh. at the uh we met him at the party i think how long you been waiting on that joke at least 10 seconds <laughs> i i sing the whole national anthem after they scored their first goal of the world cup the, the other day and adam said he followed that up with this he said come on man you're one of my favorite sports guys of all time wow adam you're letting down not only adam but really all of america right now Adam, also Adam, a huge special teams I'm fan. I'm going to watch it just for you, buddy. USA! USA! Charles, go, Charles said, I will be happy if USA wins, but it is soccer. Not going to watch it. Have tried many <laughs> times. Not my cup of tea. However, I am not un-American. It is a preference choice that myself and many others have served this country to protect. Okay, Charles. So- soccer always has this. <laughs> Charles. Hold on, Charles. Um, can we, I, can we, I say this again in like a more angry voice? Can I read this? You might, know, you might want to adjudge that, uh, adjust that wedgie there, Charles. Well, look, Charles, thank you, obviously, uh, for what you and many others have done, but we're just kind of joking around here, man. Yeah. It's all right. Lighten up. We're, we're, it's fine. If you don't watch soccer, I'm not going to think any less of you. It's funny Unless that, your name is Chandler. Unless you're Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> Soccer just always has like an opinion about the, the entire game attached to it. John, like for every game. John Moody is un-American. I won't watch one second of it Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'll, wa- I'll watch it, but I will absolutely I think- scream at the TV because they are so dramatic and it drives me absolutely bananas. <laughs> I like a little drama on a Saturday I d- morning. No, look, you barely get touched and you go down like somebody just, you know, broke your leg. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Also, people take pride in watching or not watching soccer. They I do. think that's what you're getting at, right? Like, yeah. if you're a diehard fan, you got to wear the scarf and paint your face and have American bald eagle wings and do all this. And if you don't watch it, you, like, have a sign that says, soccer sucks. I don't watch soccer. Yeah. There's not a lot of in-between. I feel like I'm in-between. Like, I'll get into it during the World Cup. I'll root for anybody playing any sport wearing a USA uniform. For sure. But uh, I'm not that passionate one way uh, uh, or the other about it. Well, the scarves are kind of unique to the world of soccer, but I don't I do not do that. I mean, I love soccer. You know me. I watch I watch the NWSL all day long, and then I'll watch the World Cup, both men's and women's. But, you know, I would consider myself more of an in-between. I'm not that the no, type of person. You're you're more. Well, I lean more towards fan than non-fan yes yeah but i'm not one of those that's gonna paint my face and you know wear the scarf and run around with the flag draped over my (laughs) you know my back and that kind of thing i'm that's that's not me i so i got into soccer eight years ago it was a world cup year premier league was coming to nbc sports my main thing was if all these fans are going this eight bleep about something there's got to be something to it it's got to be more than just kicking a ball around what am i missing here I could and started to get into it, watch it, see the fans, like, and it was cool. Like I rooted for a, a major underdog. They pulled off a big win against Arsenal, and the whole country like shut down. The whole city, <laughs> town, whatever, cut shut down. Was that Swansea? Yeah, Swansea, okay. and, and so it was a lot of fun. But obviously, I see why people don't like it. They don't want to watch one nothing games, no matter what the sport is. Uh, but there's some, there is something fun to it. I've gotten. Uh, I've gotten more into it, but it, you know. it and it also takes a while for the action to like pick up. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of 
passing the ball forward, then backward, then forward, then back. You know, there's it's a, a lot, lot of that of, going it's, on. It's cardio. The guys are jogging around. Sometimes yeah. they're resting, standing still. Sometimes they're running full sprint. But there is an art to it, as there is in every sport. Mm-hmm. Mike P says, if you don't watch Saturday, you hate the troops. Oh, <laughs> oh you're going to lay that at Chandler's feet? Tough but fair. Chandler, not a fan of the troops. I guess I'm going to have to watch because I am a huge fan of the troops. <laughs> uh, huge fan. Charles said, no wedgie, no hard feelings, just taking up for Chandler. So he's just a Chandler oh, guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, he's defending Chandler. I can Thanks, see that. buddy. Thank you. Thanks not, for your I service. still think that's unnecessary. I think but he that's, said, you know, in terms of defending Chandler. In terms of a little bit for sure. <laughs> if any. He said, it's a preference choice that myself and many others, so thank you for your service, Charles. Yeah, thank you, Charles. You, yes. uh, thank you for your service. If without you, we but would not. But it's unnecessary to defend Chandler because, you know, we're going to. Hey, hush. Without what? you, we hush would not it. be playing soccer in this country. <laughs> so thank it. you. Well, I, I'm just saying it's unnecessary to defend Chandler because Chandler digs his own holes. Steve, uh, his wife is from Brazil, Brazilian. Oh, yeah. Uh, they says, are rabid he soccer says, fans. I'm pulling for Brazil, but I love the troops. It's a troop <laughs> divided game. Wow. For Steve. Big troop guy. Kenny says watching Cornhole on ESPN is way more exciting. No. Okay. okay. No, I have that's... to agree. No. I loved watching Cornhole. You I agree that that's di- more exciting no. that is than the not, World Cup? That is not even a sport. No. That's a uh, leisure sport. Oh, nah. That's bad. That's nah. a leisure that's activity. A, that's not a good thought. Go ahead and put up the dude. 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 Oh, you mean this one? Dude. I am telling you right now. That is a leisure activity that is not a sport. <laughs> Golf, not a sport. Leisure not activity. Good. I like that Patrick's in the middle of all this. Like, Sorry. Sorry, Patrick. Guys, I'm just here to talk basketball and football. What are and we doing? Patrick, yeah. thanks for coming on today's show. That's it. That's all the time we have for you. I thought like that's, that's how it always ends with Patrick. Yep. Usually. Like we, tell, we tell him goodbye, and then I forget we had him on the show. I'm like, oh, he's here. And but, welcome to when the bleep goes out the window because we've lost control of the show segment yes it's i'm, I'm good for that <laughs> i mean we're out of control sure i saw something that's a reference nobody gets but i do so it's fine <laughs> that, yeah. um i saw a quote last night on a message board that said this ecu basketball loss that they just had last night was unacceptable yeah Again, I I go back like what does that mean? I'm not I would Are not, you, I would not go that far. But what but what does that mean? What does that that word mean? They're not accept they're not putting it on the record. <laughs> I do not accept that. Yeah, they're not accepting. I, what, well, what they defeat? say is that the performance that they had Whoa. is not acceptable going forward. It does not meet expectations. Like going forward, we will not accept this. What does that mean? <laughs> if that it happens means going again, forward, then, then you will not, not accept. It. So what level is that guy going to do? Yeah, he's not going to accept it. Well, what does that mean? It's also just when every person or he's coach says, "I'm holding myself I, accountable." It's kind of the same idea. This is not acceptable. What is? What does that mean? So what does it mean? It means that it's not available to be accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Ex- uh, ex- exception is not available so after every game this person says like does he push a button no if the, the, po- the players perform well and he accepts it they, this is acceptable <laughs> so but does he have his own personal records so last he night's could. game didn't count he could because it, it's unacceptable i would not accept that yes. outcome yeah it's unacceptable moving forward that is just unacceptable 
All right. So just something to say. Because I've accepted last night's loss. They got beat by South Carolina State. Yeah. You're facing reality. That's fine. I've accepted it. That's unacceptable. To some, unacceptable. I will not. Yeah. All right. Just curious about that wording and what that truly means to one. Like, because usually if you say this is unacceptable, that means like you're like, man, this Pepsi is unacceptable. I'm throwing it away, not drinking it. But like, I can't control what the basketball team does. Yeah. I can control this I've never Pepsi. put it into, but I've always heard like people say. I have that, as well. That is unacceptable. I have as well, but words but have meaning, words have power. And sometimes channel. they don't fit, and I don't think that fits. And if anybody knows about words not fitting into the proper place or context, it would be you. That's right. Thank you. Um, Commodity. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jack says the <laughs> the Bush's baked beans tournament is hype. I don't know if it's better, but it's close. I guess oh. would that be the cornhole? That's got to be. Bush's baked beans. No way. Uh, no free ads. Bush's baked beans. All right, Patrick. Anything to add to this segment before we take a break? <laughs> just yeah basketball it's gonna happen you're gonna you're gonna have games like that that's what we expected going into this year you telling we us to accept have. it yes wow uh, by the way we all should have oof i said last night patrick it's I don't not know great you, but what i don't i don't know if you heard me say this to to peter um who gives us the stats of the game but i had a feeling i had a tingling feeling <laughs> i had some sort of senses came to me and it was the Ezra Azar senses. And I had a feeling that he was going to have a big game, and he did. He led the team yeah. with 18 points, seven boards. Big game for the true freshman. Yeah, he did have a big game. Uh, Steven Igo says, I would agree it's unacceptable. An AAC team should not lose to a MEAC school at home. It's unacceptable. What does that mean? It's unacceptable. <laughs> Do we fire Mike Schwartz? Because we're not going to accept we, we what happened last night. We can't accept night. it. We can't accept it. What, so what does that mean? It's pitiful that we're losing to a team in the MEAC at home. I agree. I agree. So say that. What does unacceptable mean? We accepted it. It's on the record. (laughs) Unacceptable. What are you going to do about it, Igo? You're not going to do a damn thing about it. Right now, are unacceptable. Unacceptable. So are you taking me off the show? Yes. If you're not going to accept these actions I'm doing right now, you have to do something about it. Unacceptable. You could put cut my mic off. You could pull me out of the studio Unacceptable. physically. Unacceptable. You could. Unacceptable. <laughs> You've done. Just wheel you out. Don't yeah. touch my board, by the way. Stan wants is to that, know what it means. Unacceptable? Stay, that is unacceptable. Stay in your lane, sir. Igo says it's below the standard. You must improve. Sure, I agree. Okay, so maybe okay. So you're accepting that you're accepting, accept- you're accepting that it's unacceptable. I accept that. I accept that. By right. the way, a little bit of football news. Uh, Brett McMurphy just released his most recent bowl predictions. He's got Ohio East Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> close um no they have them playing marshall at the myrtle beach bowl that's according to brett mcmurphy according to brett mcmurphy's latest uh, bowl prediction i don't want to play a team that we're going to play like that we've played before in the past i hear you me too i agree uh i mean i w- there's not much excitement there for that i like the little rivalry ish thing we got with marshall but again when are we going to see them again chandler 
We saw them last year. Do we uh, have uh, them on the schedule? On the schedule? On the schedule. Yeah. Do we have them next year? I don't know. I'm about to look oh, it up. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see, let's see Jill. Uh, Marshall is 2023. Marshall is 2025. So, yeah, we got them two more times coming got up. got them next year. Next year. So, I'd rather see a, a different opponent. But uh, I know a lot of people would like that Myrtle Beach uh, just for travel purposes, and people, including people are, people are afraid of the cold, too. I think that's a common theme. Ooh, you call don't them out? Don't go north way. Don't go north. That's unacceptable. <laughs> you talk <laughs> about pirate fans like that? Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> It's true. No one wants to go up north. I know the players don't. If it's don't. at Fenway, <laughs> yeah, I want to. That, that's what I mean. I know, the players don't. Keith Mitchell was sitting behind us in Section 213 that's last what night. I mean. He was like, no. He was quick to answer. He said, no, do not want to go to Fenway. Yeah. So Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Uh, we'll talk a little football. Got some ECU football news. Ryan Stubblefield has hit the portal. Talk about that and more when we return on an unacceptable edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. They are open every day and have two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving uh, shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Mike P. says if the booty bag is caller 12 today, and I call in as caller number five, I'll just quickly say unacceptable, so I'll be the winner. He will not accept our ruling. <laughs> that's one way. That's how I'm looking at this whole unacceptable thing. Chad says, I do not take this loss and would like to return it. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll have that discussion more with Igo in hour three of today's show. Igo's picks this year have been unacceptable. Nine games under 500 just against give the spread. It back to him. I'm one game under 500, so neither one of us uh, have been doing great this year. All right, P. Mace, uh, Ryan Stubblefield has entered the transfer portal. That leaves Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn as Alex quarterbacks Flynn. on the roster heading into 2023. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious, Mason Garcia. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find out at some point. Uh, not, not this year, though. Yeah, I think I'm <laughs> done with that convo for that, the year. That's what I mean. It's like, well, that was fun while it lasted. Um, what happened to... Okay, I, I have an answer I've been given for this question, which I thought was a pretty good answer, but I'll ask you, what has happened to this defense? Why are we giving up that many points to Temple? Um, Because they passed the ball a lot, and East Carolina's struggling. I think teams are just saying, why even bother running the football right now? Just throw. And that used to be a thing where... 
guys you can't just throw every play you've got to establish some sort of run if you don't the team they'll, they'll just tee off on you and they'll know it's coming but like for east carolina that's what you do you, you say screw the run scrap it we're just going to throw the ball and we're going to throw it a lot over the middle and guys are going to be a wide open running free yeah i think the last two games so ej warner threw like what 63 times and then in the houston game they threw like 45 or 43 so teams are just saying which is literally just call a pass play and just pick apart this defense east carolina top 25 statistically number 25 in the nation total offense i believe it they are 130 out of 131 pass defense this also, year also the eye test confirms but so that would tell you that man if we had any kind of defense this year we'd we'd had a good record but look at the losses 21 to 20 to nc state defense did all they could in that game wouldn't you say yeah mr yeah. field goal uh 23 to 20 against navy the defense played great that game yeah it was mostly a run that loss run. is not on the defense no but they gave up some big passing plays in that game they did good job against navy's triple offense or triple option but the, the pass defense was lacking our offense was worse than the defense that day yes against navy yes, yes. Tulane, you can blame both if you want um but we only scored nine points in that game. We're not going to win that game. In college football 2022, you give up 24 points, you got a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then Houston defense stunk, but we only scored three. My point is here, 27-25 against Cincinnati, defense just gave up huge plays, uh, and they gave up a kick return. So, like, you again, you crunch those numbers, 25th um, offense – total offense i want i go come in here 130th defense 130th pass defense now the run defense was, was right. good so those numbers overall say if we had a defense we'd have won more games i think in the losses the defense played better than the offense in those close losses yeah steven i go your thoughts welcome <laughs> hey guys would y'all say the pass defense ranking is unacceptable <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean, if, if we're going to say yeah. that, that means we have to make changes. That's 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 how I feel about it. It's not that you're not accepting; it's that you're looking at it and you're saying something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. This isn't right. We got to fix it. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going to do this offseason: try to fix it. Just like they're going to try to fix the performance from the other night in basketball. Well, you can't fix that when it's over. I'm saying improve can, from it. Yeah. Learn can, from it. That you can do. Yeah, unacceptable. What is? For it to continue, yeah, I mean losing to that team, but they it happened. <laughs> it did happen, and it's unacceptable. So we're getting really hung up on this, this word, right? Here. I could do this for an hour if you want. If you're Mike Schwartz and you're in the locker room, you're telling you guys that's an unacceptable performance, guys. We can't play like that. And if you guys are going to continue to play like it, we're going to make changes. Including himself. He's going to walk out. He's going to quit. He's going to say we're going to find different personnel that... <laughs> we're going to find a new head coach for this team. That gives an acceptable... I, this is unacceptable, by the well, way. If you're the AD, then that's the approach you can take. Be a wild <clears throat> Does it go above him? Is John does, Gilbert... Does it keep going? Is he saying it's unacceptable? Is, is Chancellor Rogers saying it's unacceptable? <laughs> Chancellor Rogers says that is unacceptable. Um, okay, can we get back to my question here? In the close losses this oh, year, yeah, yeah. the offense is more to blame than the defense, even yeah. though the offense is top 25 in the country. And maybe that's why it's most to blame. 
because we know where they that, could be. Compare the scoring offense versus total offense. Mm. There's a big discrepancy there. Is 25 just like total yards? Yeah, it's total Whatever yards. total offense is. Total yards. So it's just yards? Offensive yards. Oh, okay. And then defensively, I know going into the Houston game, they were like in the 70s in total defense, but they were in the 50s in scoring defense. So it was kind of reversed. Mm. Okay. Because of those, probably those uh, goal line stands. Mm-hmm. Goal line stands. And then, you know, to the offense's defense – Missing kicks and extra points isn't exactly helping your scoring offense, and you have to go for it on fourth down more. But there's also been opportunities where they would move the ball and then stall out, you know, near the 40 or midfield, that sort of stuff. Ugh. I guess Nathan is defining the word acceptable, satisfactory, or allowable. So unacceptable <laughs> oh, would man. be not satisfactory or not allowable. I mean, would you say that last night's game was not satisfactory? I would agree with that. <laughs> That's allowable. I don't. I mean, what does that again? What does that mean? Like, like it's just like gonna, I'll just let it happen. Like we're just gonna be. Oh, they lost to South Carolina State. That's fine. It ha- but we have to let it happen. You're just you gotta like, learn from it. You're just taking like the literal. <laughs> yeah, I'm being very literal. Very. Here. Just change. Don't say that word. Say something else. It was unsatisfactory. I agree. I was not satisfied. It's not strong enough. That's just like. It's like you're shopping and you're like, I'm not satisfied with this. If you're watching a sporting event, you got to use something stronger. Like, it's unacceptable. When I'm shopping and my wife says, do you like this one? I say, that is unacceptable. <laughs> you, you I'm sure that goes over just fantastically. <laughs> what if Mike Schwartz sat down last night and he was just like, that was unsatisfactory, guys. It's <laughs> less than ideal, subpar. Oh, man. It was a subpar outing by our, by our bunch. <laughs> I love this. George Carlin does a lot of bits about words. and uh, where I like words. I like talking about words. Unacceptable. Patrick, thanks for hanging out. It was very acceptable, very satisfactory, and I will allow it. <laughs> All right, the big three. How was your Thanksgiving? It was satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you ate with who? Your uh, my, girlfriend's folks? Yeah, her family. They how are they cooking? Like, good. It was it was good? tasty. Right. Oh yeah, I I plowed food and was happy about it. Good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I accepted the meal. <laughs> you got any questions for Patrick? No, nah, you don't have to go anywhere, Patrick. You can hang out if yeah. you want. That's your call. I'm gonna leave that in your court. Balls in your court. I like having that. You could be Javon Small and take an ill-advised three, <laughs> or you could pass it around. It just gets Javon Small just got sideswiped here. Uh, I'm a big Javon Small fan. I found it kind of odd that he was very passive the entire night. Again, I mentioned this earlier. He hit a shot with like 12 minutes, 10 minutes left first half, and my dad said, I think it's the first shot he's taken. Like He had only shot like four or five shots going into that final stretch. Yeah, he was not aggressive at all. It's like an eight-minute stretch without a shot. Then he hit a three and said, I'm about to take this, you know what, over. And he did Patrick and I were having the conversation like with this team there's no real proven dude outside of Javon Small so like who do you count on in those crunch times there was a proven dude tonight something was working and that was going inside to tonight. the big man Ezra last night yeah, yeah. I mean it, it was but still but that hadn't happened before yeah. and I think that's the the issue is Javon's like do, do I take every shot here for the next 10 minutes or like I wouldn't they, mind they, they that got, yeah but they gotta figure that out but dude. we can do it we can work it around a little bit get a better shot yeah I mean it was after he made three which I think was off the screen it was a good shot then he like drove in took some like fadeaway contested shot that was not a good shot and yeah. then I think the the next possession he kind of pressed and tried to do similar deal to when he made the three which I didn't have as big a problem with that one but the 
the contested fadeaway. I don't know where the shot clock was, but um, you would have. They liked both to, felt early. Yeah, you would have liked this because they had a chance to either take the lead or tie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you I'm, know, I'm and then simple. to South Carolina State credit, they hit a contested layup and they hit a big three from the corner. So I mean, while it is unacceptable, sometimes you do have to credit the opponent. I mean, they they came into the game shooting awful from three in the free throw line. And they made basically all their free throws and their, you know, a lot of their threes. So sometimes crazy <clears throat> things happen. They basically like were taking knees in the second half, just running the shot clock yeah, down, I mean, <laughs> taking a shot at the end of the. That's the thing too. Clock. Like they don't, they didn't just win the game in fluke fashion. They dominated the game. Which yeah, is and I gave credit too earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I gave credit to their bench earlier. Like they were into it. Yeah. Like Patrick said, waving towels. Like for a zero and seventeen to be that engaged, credit to them, man. Bro, yeah, bro, I'm accepting bro, bro. this loss. Well, it's and if you let them hang around, let them get some confidence. That's when it turns. <clears throat> I mean, then, then you're in a dog fight, and at that point, it can go either way. And it just so happened they made the shots. ECU should have stepped on the throat and buried them early because you know that they had to be lacking confidence coming in. Don't get in a bull in a dog fight with a bulldog if you're a pirate. That's doesn't true. turn out good if you're a pirate we got a camel fight coming up friday and patrick as an outsider you have no idea what this rivalry means to the <laughs> folks around here I've, I've seen it in baseball <laughs> <laughs> uh there was a stretch i go where campbell dominated east carolina athletics yeah it was like a two or three year span they would win every every sport basically so there here yeah. didn't matter but uh we saw the football version of it yeah you know. for a quarter yeah they were uh they were in the game all right, thanks for hanging out, Patrick. All right, thanks. Have a good one. We'll take a timeout, come back. Steven Igo. Man, we got a lot to talk about, Igo. Do we? Bowl stuff. Bowl. I don't want to talk about picks. I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> I would like you to fire me because my performance has been un- unacceptable this year. Patrick, time. will you make picks real quick? Yep. This is going to be a special treat, Igo. <laughs> but Patrick's going to pick this week. First game on the list, ECU minus three against Campbell. <laughs> Friday night. I'm taking ECU. All right. Uh, Tulane minus four against UCF Saturday. UCF will we'll cover. All right. Uh, that'll get them again. USC, Utah, Friday night. Trojans minus two and a half. Yes, USC for sure. All right. They will get revenge. TCU, can they do it again? Minus two and a half. K State. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Feeling good. Georgia minus 17 and a half against LSU. LSU will cover. Okay, and P. Mace's picks are in. Igo has retired. I will accept that decision, Stephen. Dump of the year. <laughs> Back with you, Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with Kinetic Physical Therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, 
Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. During the break, I go and I were talking about something that is unacceptable. That is Broncos football. The whole thing, I go. <laughs> that is something I truly will not accept. Blow it up. What is uh does John Elway still have a role? Because we picked on him a lot for not being able yeah, to get a quarterback. I mean, Didn't he kind of take a step back? Yeah, he, I don't think he's really. I'm sure he has some sort of role, but he's not really involved in the the decision making. Yeah. They hired George Payton from the Vikings, and look, I'm not going to be mad at him for making the trade for Russell Wilson. I mean, everybody thought it was the right move. True. I wasn't a huge fan of the massive extension without seeing him play at all. Um, and obviously, he's got egg on his face from the Hackett hire. That's it's, been a disaster. That's been a disaster, and they're going to have to fire him after one year just to try to fix it. And they're stuck with Russell Wilson now. And now I will say this: like the, the, I don't know if it makes that big of a difference, but the whole offense has been injured basically the entire year. Like they're down four starters. The only weapon they have is Cortland Sutton. Javante Williams went out. Melvin Gordon kept fumbling. And, uh, Jerry Judy's been hurt. Tim Patrick towards ACL in the preseason. So they Sutton's been kind of Sutton's been up and down, up right? And down, he so. hasn't been a true. Yeah, he's been the only guy who's playing. So I mean, their number two receiver is Kendall Hinton, who is a former Wake Forest quarterback. So was he the guy that like? Wait, started, did he play quarterback? Yeah, for y'all? Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. like Russell doesn't have much help, but still, when you're getting paid two hundred fifty million dollars, like. The expectation is you can create something on your own. You mentioned uh, Melvin Gordon. So ironic that Igo hated Melvin Gordon like for years. Yeah. He's been wanting to get rid of this guy oh, forever. Dude, my, he became my least favorite Bronco of all time. But there was a tweet where, and you, it was a joke. Like, right, right. Like, here we come, Super Bowl, when they signed Gordon. Uh, Freezing Cold Takes picked that up. We had that guy on the show. Yeah. He came out with a book. Um, now another Pirate Radio Live regular guest has been freezing cold take today. Uh, Jeff Nadeau, Varsity oh, Sports, really? for saying USA would not make it out of their group. So uh, the curse of the Pirate Radio regulars. At least, like, Jeff Nadeau was probably an actual hot take. Mine was more of, like, just acting funny. Like, yeah. I didn't think the Broncos would actually make the You didn't think over. Melvin Gordon no. would put them over the top. But uh, I was kind of excited when they signed him. And, yeah, he, he became my, my least favorite Bronco of all time just because you – he fumbled in every big moment. Everybody fumbles. Uh, you don't like that. It's unacceptable. But Melvin Gordon fumbled at the most inopportune, inopportune times. times. I mean, it was <laughs> insane. And it was either like... He loves a goal line fumble. Goal line fumble. Um, like fourth quarter. Fourth quarter fumbles. There was a Washington game that y'all ended up winning. And he fumbled yes. while y'all were running out the clock. Yep. All we had but, to do was just basically take a knee. And he fumbled and lost it there. He fumbled three times, I think, and allowed the defense to return it for a touchdown. He was just, this is bad, man. Uh, habitual fumbler, Melvin Gordon. So you got Latavius Murray and who else? Are, all right, enough Broncos. Sorry, that's it. You don't talk Commanders. I mean, I'm I'm happy for the Commanders, man. It's 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 a story I can get behind Taylor Heineke, and they've you know I've always liked Ron Rivera. And I always love that every time he's about to get fired, they go on a massive winning streak. Every dang time. Now that you're excited again, they're going to lose two in a row to the Giants. 
and then all the crap you've been talking about the giants is going to come out to bite you that could yeah that sounds about right uh have you seen the meme with gordon ramsay where it's like um his reaction to a child burning a dish and he's like hugging the girl and he's like it's okay darling i don't think so and then there's the one where in on hell's kitchen it happens and he's like you effing muppet uh we need i need to make that meme for carson wentz and taylor heineke because we excuse his awful right. interceptions just because we like him just because it's taylor <laughs> yeah like he throws a back-breaking second half interception every week this week he threw one that got overturned so it didn't matter um but uh he does it every week and we it's okay taylor you're you're keep doing your thing man it's fine if wentz does it and i and i'm guilty well, of cause it. Wentz, i hate wentz i feel like it's just because wentz was like a highly touted what, was he number one overall, right? Uh, was he early. one or two? I he, think he was number two. And Heineke undrafted or very late draft pick. So, yeah. I feel like those things. It's a different standard. Kind of stick with you throughout your career. Like, you're always referred to as a former first round pick. If you were picked in the first round, you always kind of carry that expectation with you. Whereas if you're like the underdog quarterback, that doesn't necessarily follow you unless you end up being Tom Brady. Yeah, Wentz was two behind a guy that um, I think I've crapped on too much. I've I've really come to respect this guy, Jared Goff. What do you I think mean, about Jared Goff? He's actually had a pretty good year for Detroit. Yes. I, I, uh, I've got Amon Ross St. Brown in fantasy. That dude. He's just legit. He's a player. Um, and Detroit is fun to watch. Like Honestly, man, if there's a Detroit game, I will watch it because they put up a lot of points and they're always in every game and um i'm a fan good call kenny i agree those excuses you're talking about with denver unacceptable he's not going to accept those excuses all right uh pirate football i go i i got to admit that um i earlier in the show a uh a guy on facebook says uh and i quickly said sir you didn't hear rumors you're just talking about options he said, uh, I heard a rumor that Keaton Mitchell might be transferring or uh, going to the NFL. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, those are like his options. Is, he has. Yeah. I had, I, I gave out a little bit of VIP from Hoist the Colors, just that you had talked to some people within the program. And, um, and you said, Keaton Mitchell, very happy at East Carolina. Keaton Mitchell said a few rows above us last night yeah. in the basketball game. Uh, him and his teammates were into the game. Huge Ezra fans, by the way. I don't know if they have classes together, yeah. but they love some Ezra. But um, you said that your source said that the all the chatter about it, and I'm guilty of it, and so is Steven, by the way. I mean, we're all guilty of it because it's college football these days. Well, correct. But that it's, it's not helping or, I don't know, it's not uh, productive, however you want to word yeah. it. But, again, it's like the reality of the situation. The reality's there, but people talking about, hey, Keaton might transfer because he's too good for ECU. Like, that talk, the more you talk about it, the more it gets down to people and the more, you know, perception reality thing. Like, what is reality? So, to me, like, everything I hear is Keaton loves ECU. Um, You know, he's got a chance to set every record here. He's got a chance to come back and improve his draft stock from what I've heard. He, uh, you know, they, they want to see more special teams work. You got to remember with the smaller back in the NFL, you're not going to be an every down guy. I know he's amazing in college, but 
the wear and tear of, of the NFL running backs is just a different level. He's got to catch the ball more consistently. Um, he's got to do some different things in the, in the return game, I think. So there's ways to improve his stock. And, you know, I think if you're ECU, you put together a plan for that and say, hey, here's why you come back. You get your degree. You can set all these records. Next year you can get drafted. And, you know, you have a chance to, to lead us to a conference championship next year. I got a text from um, a Washington buddy on Saturday, and it said, we need Keaton in Washington. And I said, put him in the slot. And he said, or just give him J.D. McKissick's role. Uh, there is a role. Washington's had a good third down back. Chris Thompson was really awesome at it uh, years ago. J.D. McKissick. And every team has it, I go. Every good offense. That that third down back that comes in, catches a pass. And and as you said, I want to see him more involved in the passing game. How about the fumble Ruski play they ran on uh, Saturday where Ehlers dropped the ball, picked it up, just gave it to Keaton, and let him run? I was we were trying to give some credit to Donnie Kirkpatrick for running the football and giving it to Keaton Mitchell, but heck a lot of and, and you credit the offensive line too, but a lot of those plays are just him outrunning yeah. guys. I mean he just <laughs> like if you go and, and the offensive line certainly deserves some credit yeah. they've gotten a lot better. But I mean there are there uh, there's a lot of plays this year where the guy is penetrating the backfield and Keaton makes a miss and then outruns two or three guys to the sideline for a first down. I mean, he has single-handedly created and changed game, created things and changed games for ECU football. And um, again, the offensive line has also opened some massive holes that his speed allows him to to hit some home runs on. But there's definitely a balance there. They both make each other look good. But I, I just think Keaton is such a difference maker right now. If you take him out of this offense. I worry what it looks like. I know what war means, the stat, wins above replacement. I still don't quite wrap my head around how it's calculated or how you de- even determine that. But uh, wins above replacement for Keaton Mitchell on Saturday was a full one because yeah. ECU doesn't win without him. And you put another guy in there, I, he doesn't change a game like that. No. So That 49-yard touchdown run is probably like a 20-yard gain. Certainly that 73-yard touchdown which the bust of play may have been on keaton for not taking the handoff from what i've heard but either way if you throw that to another running back in the similar situation he probably gets what a first down maybe what game was it where he went out and uh was it cincinnati yeah where marlon gunn busted up the middle mm-hmm. and it was a 20 yard gain instead of a 97 yard game he's gone like it is, he is a game changer but and so i mean that's the thing about him is he's really fast and obviously smaller but he's such a good like it sounds lame but a runner of the football like usually you have those smaller backs who are more just shifty and you get him out in space but he's really good between the tackles the nfl scouts are going to love his patience that he's shown oh, yeah. this year too and it's almost like if he could pick up the other traits that smaller backs have like, you know, we don't really see him catch the ball over the middle of the field and then turn. Like, in the NFL, the check down game is so huge. Like, check it down over the middle of the field, watch the guy turn up field, get 10, 15 yards. You know, we don't really see that from Keaton Mitchell, and part of that is because that's not the offense he's running, but his receiving game is more swing pass, sideline to sideline. Like, you're not going to really do that in the NFL. It's more yeah. pass pro check down can you catch the ball over the middle of the field take a hit hold on to it that sort of thing so it is a different type of receiving game and and also the return game if you have him on an nfl roster you want to utilize his speed in every way so you probably want to use him in the return game teams definitely want to see him improve and pass protection but is that 
that's just more of a working out weight room thing than yeah. a technique right i go a little of both okay i mean there's look he's never going to be an elite pass protector i know he's put in a lot of work but i mean every year he works with a strength and conditioning coach through his early 20s i mean he should be able to get stronger or, or add more muscle mass so i mean he could always improve and a lot of it comes down to, to the will and technique really so it, it, in terms of you're only going to improve your strength and size so much so yeah. um i haven't seen him really cut too many guys in pass pro like he's tried to man up and like take them up top which is in the nfl i mean he's probably gonna have to learn to cut some guys just because like you're talking about 250 pound linebackers coming right at you steven i go hoist the colors joining us can you stay another segment what time is it yeah i'm good all right what time you gotta go like 5 45 all right cool shirley let's open up the booty bag booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere all right what do you want to give away today how about since it's wednesday a 15 dollars gift card to aj mcmurphy's all right um trivia i go i'll be there yeah all right eight o'clock tonight steven i go if you come to sports trivia at aj's you can ask one vip question and you got to pay 199 you got to pay a dollar 99 and i go will you answer the question yeah i'll answer uh i'll say what 199 i'll answer one question 399 i'll answer two questions and 599 i'll answer any question any question like about life or anything i meant as many questions as they want okay all right there you go that's tonight aj's at eight o'clock all right uh giving that away what number shirley 12 call 12 317-1250 back with more after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And congratulations to Eric Mazel of Greenville. Picked up a $15 gift card to AJ McMurphy's, the best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun as AJ's. They have daily dr- uh, food and drink specials and an awesome patio. And there's something for everyone every week, not including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Uh, thanks, Shirley. Saw earlier, uh, Steve said, R.I.P. Christine McVie. McVie. I, I'm, I apologize. I believe it's McVie. I didn't know who that was. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. So, yeah, passing away today. All right, back into Pirate Radio Live. Uh, how about uh, Florida quarterback Jalen Kitna, the son of... John? Former, yeah, former NFLer hmm. John Kitna was arrested today and charged with multiple counts of child pornography jeez louise yeah it just came out on tmz just uh not too long ago i didn't know he had a kid and uh 
that is awful awful news apparently he was on uh, the discord platform and shared some um inappropriate images that he claims he thought was legal because he found them online and uh he got in trouble jeez what what year is he at florida do we know uh you know what i was just looking at the tmz article let me see if i can pull it back up here um he's been yeah he's been suspended indefinitely from the team um this story does not mention i hadn't heard the kitten a name in a while yeah all right uh much much uh easier quarterback news to handle ryan stubblefield transferring yeah and uh didn't get on the field here one of those uh kind of off-season legends ish where people yeah. like to see him slinging around but gonna go try to find somewhere to play i go yeah i mean he's been here three years been a good teammate good guy and just wants to play yep. so um he, he's been third or fourth on the the depth chart the last couple of years so you, you know you don't want to say it it's not a surprise but it's not a surprise i mean he's got the chance to go play you know transfer and um all the all the luck to him in the world we've had the discussion here on pirate radio with several people i don't know if you've been a part of the discussions but i know i predicted that of Flynn, Stubblefield, Garcia, not all three would be back next year. You've probably had similar thoughts, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, not to put words in your he- mouth or thoughts in your head. But uh, so that's Flynn and Garcia for next year. What does the quarterback uh, recruiting look like for next year? What's Jeter's? Raheem Jeter's committed. He'll be in in January. So okay. he'll be your third. Uh, you know, assuming he'll, he'll sign. And I would think with Stubblefield leaving. You know, he's probably looking at it as a situation to come in and sign and play right away. So um, he'll be here. He'll be scholarship number three in the quarterback room. I think Flynn will be back. I mean, I think he's happy at ECU and he's got a chance. I mean, he knows the system and you got Mason. Obviously, we all know that Mason, I don't want to say he's been anointed, but a lot of people think he'll be the guy. But, you know, it just comes down to if you're ECU's coaching staff, do you want to add a a transfer or not i mean it's just it's never been easier to go out and get a quality quarterback from the portal if you want to go that route but then you also you know you've kind of been setting up mason for this opportunity for three years now and so it's just very interesting to see how they're going to play it and if they do kind of poke around in the portal you know you'd think they'd be very very picky on what they're looking for um because you don't just want to take anybody yeah, and uh, interested to see how that happens. I mean, Flynn has the opportunity to be a Brad Warnick, dare yeah. I say. I love bringing his name up. We haven't had a Brad Warnick in years, I go. A guy that when Dominique gets hurt for a play or two, or a series, he could come in and run the offense. Well, I know just from talking to people in the program, they really like Alex Flynn. They say he, his football IQ is incredible. It's just one of those deals where he's, you know, if, if he has to go in and run the offense, they trust him to do it, and they trust him to make the right reads. Like, you know, no, he's not going to be throwing the ball 50 yards in the air downfield across his body or anything crazy. But we saw it with EJ Warner, man. Like, yeah, arm strength is good, athleticism is good, but sometimes it just comes down to making the read and getting rid of it quickly with authority. How many text mentions did you get about you resembling EJ Warner? Texts? two and then twitter i had several and i didn't know, i didn't see weaver's tweet till like the fourth quarter i think or whenever whenever i saw it in the second half which it was pretty hilarious shirley called well you were calling a baby i go like from the first drive 
Yeah, and the funny thing was is that when I tweeted it out, I said, I might be late to the party, but has anybody noticed that this Warner kid looks like a baby I go? Because honestly, because I don't, I don't always get on my Twitter and, and post stuff, so I didn't know if Clip, because usually Clip is the one that picks these things out right. quicker than anybody, and everybody was like, I thought the same thing, and I'm like, wait a minute, Clip hasn't noticed yet? So, uh, and, and it, next thing I know, everybody's calling him Baby Igo. Yeah, that was a good shot that Billy got where he's, I don't see it too much facially, but like the right. hair, it looks yeah. like he could definitely be a relative. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and there was one side shot yeah, where he was like, look, shot, yeah, that side shot, I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely looks well, like Well, even I, you know, when somebody says like, you look like somebody, you're like, ah, I don't really see it. But then I saw that picture, I was like, you know, it kind of <laughs> does look like me from that angle. And so it was hilarious. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think we had a TV feed or if we did, we actually did in the press box, but we didn't see any with him without his helmet. But um, man, uh, baby, I go. He was he was slicing and dicing out there. So I think Bailey was on the field. Well, Bailey was on the field. He was shaking hands with EJ Warner after the game. He got really mad at me about that. By the way, sorry, Bailey, for that. that, You tweeted out, yeah. Um, Jeff Charles was press box. He said he was just looking at Ailers during the throw. Where were you during the throw to Johnson? Were you press box? Press box, yeah. All right. So when he threw it. And the way he threw it, were you thinking, oh, no, or did you see what he saw? Like, did you see we're, Johnson? We're way up there, but like like Jeff said, we're watching. We're just watching Ehlers. But as soon as he cocked it back to throw it, I looked at Johnson, and he was, I mean, he was wide open. Nobody was around him? Much more open than when the ball finally right. got there and came yeah. down. Like, it, you know, it looks like a much more dangerous pass, which I guess it is at the end of the day because that's where it landed. But well, I when, thought that this, I was more scared of the decision more so than even when the camera finally found Johnson. Right. You could see that that when Aylers threw it, there were probably nobody around him. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, we've seen Aylers – you know that's kind of who he is like i feel like he's in those moments he wants to throw the ball more than run it and i think that is a probably partly due to the fact he's banged up i mean look he's just not as effective as a runner as he if you go back and you watch his freshman year he was pretty explosive running the football now he's he's not that explosive to me remember when he first started playing they wouldn't let him throw all he did was run he would just get downhill and yeah he, that's that was his game. Now he's more of a pocket passer. Like he has truly become a pocket passer. He's not really a threat to beat you on the ground unless he's in the red zone, because he's still got power, but he's not real quick in terms of like his first step. So um, it's just one of those things where he's mature as a quarterback. He can beat you pretty much anywhere in the pocket, and he's good on the run too. Like you know, if he gets on the, the run, especially if he's rolling. To his uh, to his throwing side, I mean, he's definitely scary. Uh, it didn't work against Navy. Uh, it did. Yeah, I mean, that one was just Temple. like if you go back and watch that Navy throw, there was a glance of the guy being open. I can't remember who he was trying to hit. Maybe Jones, but uh, threw it, you know, more across the middle of the field. And I guess this one was back across the field too. But Jalen was pretty wide open. Uh, I go. What are the portal rules? When can you enter officially? When can you start taking guys out of officially? Uh, you can take guys out whenever you want to. You can enter December 5th for all normal players. What's that, this weekend? Uh, next Monday. Monday. 
but you've already seen several guys like Stubblefield. I will be entering. I will be entering the portal, so he cannot officially go into the portal, and players he cannot be contacted officially until Monday. But if you already have your degree or your coach is leaving or has been fired, then you can enter at any point. Okay. All right. How many? uh, I mean, this is a probably a complete crapshoot. But how many Pirates do you think enter this offseason? Do we hit double digits? Uh, the whole off season, yeah. or like in, just in December, the whole off season. I think you'll definitely see. All right, just days. December. December seven, between five and ten. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like you're gonna have your, like Elijah Robinson today in the portal. Been in the program three years. Been kind of a backup special teams guy. Has one year left. He wants to go play. Like you're gonna see a lot of those guys enter the portal. You know, if you're ECU, you just want to avoid losing anybody significant, which really hasn't happened in the Mike Houston era in terms of, like, guys who have been key playmakers to leave. That has hurt us in basketball, not football, to this point. Like uh, Sean Dorso, safety, who has been a part-time starter. You know, Julius Wood developed this year. He kind of became, you know, in my opinion, an all-conference caliber guy or close to it. So Dorso, with one year left... He could enter the portal and, and try to go play elsewhere. But, you know, as far as, like, losing a star key guy, you know, until that actually happens, I don't really have much worry about that. It's so tough because, like, you, the veteran you talk about in that case is going to leave because he's seen a younger guy take his time. He's running out of time. He wants to go start. Right. The younger guy who has years left has just shown he is a proven commodity and might leave to – go somewhere quote bigger like you know right. i mean there's a reason for everybody almost you can come up with a reason as to why you want to leave and i've found too that like and you'll never say never but with ecu football like, there's still such a you know the, the the school itself is so and you know football is important to the school to the regions so, like i just feel like the culture here it's very hard if you're a prominent player to just give that up and say hey i want to go I mean, look at what you just saw in Philly the other day. How sad is that for those seniors to run on the field? If you're EJ Warner and your dad's from Arizona and you're playing in front of 10,000 people in a 70,000 seat stadium, like what? Was it 10,000? The announced attendance was 13,000. So, I mean, really, there was probably five people there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it it looked awful. There was legitimately, there was probably 2,000 people. Yeah. But either way, like, you know, it's much easier to, to leave a situation like that. Whereas, like, if you're a star receiver or whatever here, or even a key defensive player, like, do you really want to give that up to go to to an SEC school where you may or may not play? I know it's a tough, it's a decision you got to make. I know you got to go. Ulysses Bentley uh, at Ole Miss was, uh, he was at SMU, Rookie of the Year, one of the best players in the American. He went to Ole Miss, and I think he had 16 carries this year. Yeah, so. I mean, we've seen those tales. So, all right. Uh, thanks, Igo. Thanks, Clip. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I'm gonna do a little trivia warm up for you here, Igo. This is an old game. It says SEC assistants hired as head coaches. David Cutcliffe was an assistant at Tennessee. He was hired by who? Before Duke. Say what? Sorry, I was Okay. David Cutcliffe was an assistant in Tennessee. He was hired to be the head coach at where? Ole Miss. Correct. Uh, Chris Skelfo 
was the assistant at Georgia hired to be the head coach at where? Not a lot of people should know this, but I feel like you should because of conference. Chris Skelfo. He was the head coach at this school. At this school. In the Conference USA. UAB? Tulane. Uh, Bob Stoops was at Florida, went to OU. Carl Franks at Florida went to be the head coach at? Carl Franks. That is before my time. Duke. He was a Dukie. All right, there you go. You got a lot of work to do. Is that going to be on the trivia? No. Hey, oh. I just saw this on Twitter. Oh, okay. And I saw Chris Skelfo, and I was like, wow, I haven't heard that name in a while. Later, man. Take a timeout. Come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a good day for the stock market. Uh, The Dow was up at 737 points, closed at 34,589. The NASDAQ was ahead 484 points at 11,000. 468. S&P was up 122 points at 4,080. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We saw a tweet. Uh, John Heislop. Never heard of him before, but I just followed him. He said, I uh, can't, uh, 10 hours ago, he said, can't wait to gamble today. Literally shaking. That's called dedication. And somebody responded to him and said, that's called an addiction. To which John responded, buddy, I've been gambling every day for 20 plus years. It's all I think about. And I still haven't gotten addicted. So I doubt it's happening. <laughs> that's a great line. I saw that. And that's that a- was very funny to me. <laughs> i've been gambling every day 20 plus years it's all i think about and i still haven't gotten addicted hey good for you john still uh shaking that addiction of gambling that is uh Keep it up. that's funny stuff right there <laughs> keep up the good work that got an old chuckle out of me i tell you what chandler what's on what? the, what's on the sports menu tonight uh sports trivia at AJ Murphy's. It's my first time back in two weeks. He's back. I'm back. The return of uh, Chandler, the return of Igo and Ronnie. Should be a big night tonight. Should have oh, a. Oh, uh, no. What? That's going to overshadow my spotlight. Because <laughs> I've been sure back way before they have. They usually come in kind of late, so you need to make sure you come in last. So you get the. Uh, Can I get a standing ovation? I'll stand and clap for you. All right, cool. I got you. Um, oh, West Virginia is hiring a new athletics director. His last name is Baker. His first name is Dusty Wren. W R E N. Sounds like a radio station. Wren Baker. W R E N Sports. Baker is the AD at North Texas. Uh, uh-uh. that's an American school Wren? losing their AD. We used to have a receiver named Ren Willis back W-R-E-N. in the day. W R E N. I've never heard of that name. Is that a bird? Or did is I make it a that plane? up? Shirley, is a Ren a bird? Uh, 
Yes. Uh, sounds like it. Iran is a bird. Is it spelled like that? W R E N? It is. Little little birdie. Bird Baker. That's what they ought to call him. Bird Man. Bird Bake. Bird Baker. Old Bird. So old, old BB. So the BB. Old, old Bird will be there in uh in Morgantown. Uh ACC Big Ten Challenge. This is the last night ever. True or false? Mm, maybe I false. Because the ACC SEC challenge will kick off or tip off in. Don't yet. What do you correct yourself? My bad. 23 24. So is there 23 24? Yeah, yeah, that'll be next year. So this is it. Yep. After it's, 20 plus years. I want to say I remember as a kid an ACC Big East challenge. Does anybody remember that? An ACC Big East? Yeah. And then it went to ACC Big Ten. Um, so that's before my time. Yeah, anybody old uh, like me, if you remember that, let me know. Uh, but it'll be ACC SEC, which I like because Arkansas, tough as nails, my squad. But Tennessee, Kentucky's always Man. good. Like the SEC has had a uh, basketball renaissance here of late. That was fun, by the way, taking them. When was that? A week or so ago? Maui? Yes. That was fun. In the overtime, uh, third place game. Forces overtime at the buzzer. They dominate. Well, they didn't dominate overtime, but they basically took control. They got some players, and they got guys. They, they I missed J.D. Note. He was the guard last year I really liked. Note. So what they do, they got the uh, number one point guard in the country who's like 6'9", that dude with the big hair. Uh-huh. And he struggles. He's a freshman, but like shows flashes. He can uh, – we're excited about our point guard play here at ECU, but this guy just can kind of go down the lane and dunk it on people. <laughs> like like nobody's business. Yeah. So, Nonchalantly. Uh, they got some studs there at Arkansas this year. Tonight in College Hoops on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Ohio State at Duke. Purdue at Florida State. Purdue 6-0. and Florida State 1-7. and uh, UNC is at Indiana. Coming off two straight losses are the Tar Heels and Michigan State at mike bray's notre dame fighting irish so there are uh, some of the games tonight in uh basketball we are not going to update i'm done talking about my favorite nba team they are worthless they suck they stink they brought back a coach that didn't win the first time around he was here took us to the playoffs but other than that nothing their players are always hurt they are a one giant joke that i will not discuss uh nhl tonight i think the canes won last night so they're probably off tonight so uh yeah kind of a uh kind of a bummer man man no college football like it's it's done yeah it's over that's tough to take man i mean we still got a lot of nfl but that realization of football season ending just smacks you right in the face yeah and it's like that every year where you especially when east carolina's over and for the past few years you know we're done by, by the regular season we're done regular, at this point at this point we're yeah. done and i'm like well there goes college football even though there's plenty to be played with bowl games and playoffs and national championship but then usually i'm like well there's still panther football to be played there's still nfl football to be played and <laughs> i mean really i mean i just i'm gonna start crying yeah it's tough. It's worthless. Tough to take, but we're going to all get through this together. I can promise you that. I'm going to be here. Shirley's here. Chandler's here. You're going to be tuned in. We're going to get through this together. 
Like we always do. As a team, as a group. As a unit. As a bunch. We will accept this. It will not be unacceptable. It will be acceptable. Talk to you Thursday, 3 o'clock. Troy D., Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, Corey Glore, Kevin Monroe, and more on tap for Thursday's program. We'll talk to you then. For the crew here, I'm Clip Brock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington.